0: Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg, here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. And uh, both Stephanie Burke and science advisor Matt Moniz are out of the studio tonight. So we've brought in our guest host, our guest fill in host, the guy who always helps us out when we're short handed and uh, always helps us out when we need to reach something off the top shelf. It's true. John Brightman. uh,
1: This is very true
0: you uh you certainly are you, you certainly come in handy on investigations when we're like john can you reach up there and see what's up can, can, can you, you put, turn the fan off can you put this rem pod up there yeah. it's, mo- it's it's motion detected so i need to put it up high where nobody else will set it off yep so uh we thank you for for joining us tonight how you been good good
1: um just been uh busy how was your thanksgiving
0: uh it was pretty good it was um quiet which is the way that we like it how was yours It was good.
1: Uh, Quick, went over grandparents, visited with them, and uh, then went home to watch football.
0: For the first time ever, I didn't have to actually go out and cover a football game on Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah, for 17 straight years, uh, I had to cover a football game. Actually, this was the 17th year. So for 16 straight years, I had to cover a football game, a high school game on Thanksgiving morning. This year, I did not have to because of the cold. They moved it to the night before.
1: Really? Just because of the cold?
0: A lot of the games around here, they moved it. To the night before, or Or the afternoon before, or some were moved to Friday, because the idea was that uh, it was going to be record low temperatures here Mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving, so they thought, you know, people weren't going to show up. Like they tried to make it seem like, oh, we're we're looking out for the kids, but in actuality, it's because they were worried about the gate. Yeah, you know, people aren't going to go out when it's eight degrees out with a negative wind chill, so they were worried about that. And at least the game that I covered didn't make a difference because there was only maybe a hundred people there on both. Both sidelines combined. Really? Yeah. But it was nice to be able to wake up on Thanksgiving and not have to, you know, bundle up in four layers and rush out to the football game and then rush back and try and write the story as fast as I can so I can (laughs) get back, you know, I can get somewhere before there's uh, no food left. But, uh, and then, uh, so if I was thankful for anything, it was not having to go cover that game. And it was cold. It was. So, uh, even just running out to the car to, you know, leave, it was, uh, it was definitely freezing. So, But it's not so cold tonight. It's nice and warm here in the Spooky Studio, and we'll be taking your calls tonight as we're going to do unscreened paranormal open lines. That, other, could, that
1: could be dangerous.
0: Other radio shows tell you that they're unscreened. Ours are totally unscreened. Now, we do have a program that allows us to see the numbers that are calling in, but the reason why I say that they're unscreened is because I, I don't even look at it. <laughs> like, I, I never thing to pull up the program to look at it so eh, you know it's it's unscreened in that regard but uh the good thing is if you do call in and you act like a jerk we'll still have your number so then we can call you back and make your life a living hell so <laughs> i won't see the number call in but uh i'll just see these lights light up on so one of these days i'm going to have matt put the camera on over on this side, so people can see exactly what I'm dealing with. I don't usually have him do that, though, because otherwise people will see, like, I'm getting messages throughout the show, and we're messaging each other. And I know that from when you're watching from the perspective of the viewer, you think to yourself, well, they're not really paying attention to what's going on, but there's so many things that have to get done during the course of the show. We are paying attention. We just have to do 45 different things at the same time. So it might be that we're... Answering a message, lining up a guest, trying to figure out some sort of technical problem without talking about it on the air. It could be that uh, Matt's reminding me to take a break or telling me that I have to run a certain thing or there's all of this behind the scenes stuff that goes on with the show that, uh, you know, that you, you really don't get to see. mean like we like to say around here in the radio business, just give them the sausage. Don't show them how it's made. <laughs> but, uh, sometimes, you know, people want to see how the sausage is made. So. That may happen. But uh, throughout the course of the show tonight, we will take your calls at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. If you want to call in throughout the show, we are broadcasting solely on YouTube and on the web stream, on SpookySouthCoast.com and on the Paranormal Radio app and on the WBSM app and everywhere that you can get the show digitally. That's where we're broadcasting tonight because the WBSM Airwaves are running a football game. I think it's a, a college game. I wasn't paying attention. I don't think the, the Saturday night NFL games, are, they don't start until next month.
1: Yeah, next month.
0: For a couple of weeks, which will probably bump us to web only during those weeks as well. But uh,
1: And then right after that, it's playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I think the first week of the playoffs, there'll be some games. That are on Saturday nights. But then once we get to like the AFC championship game week, like it'll be Sundays. Yeah. Then we don't have to worry about that anymore. And, and then we'll have Saturday nights wide open until the Red Sox season starts. So, uh, we'll, we'll certainly have plenty of good shows for you coming up. One of the shows that you can count on coming up will be our 13th anniversary show coming up in January, which this year we actually will have the show on our anniversary date. On January twenty sixth, so that's pretty that's pretty interesting. Twenty sixth, yeah, twenty sixth. So, uh, and then uh, we also have some other shows coming up. For example, next week we're going to have Doctor Rita Louise's next week, right, Matt? Yeah, she's coming back to the show for the first time in years, so she'll be joining us. And then we have some other stuff planned coming up. Uh, one one note for tonight is it was tonight was supposed to be if you saw me pushing this on social media a couple weeks ago, tonight was supposed to be the night that the paranormal porn stars joined us so it's a group of uh, of porn stars from the UK who have started a paranormal group and are looking to try to get themselves a TV show and so when i saw this you know it was a story that was going around on all the different uh you know uh, news sites not just the paranormal sites but you know the regular news sites uh, when i saw that i said well let me reach out to them and see if they want to come on and they're definitely game for coming on the problem is is it's 3am where they live when the show goes live so they try to get everything together for tonight to have everybody, but, um, you know, they've got, in addition to being porn stars as well as paranormal investigators, they've got all kinds of other things going on in their lives too. So it's hard to get them at 3 a.m. So what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, pre record something with them sometime coming up the next couple of weeks, and then we'll run that on the show. So maybe, maybe, so maybe do maybe they a Christmas themed episode? No, yeah.
1: Do they actually have a show already?
0: They don't. They're putting together like a, a pitch for a show, oh, Okay. Uh, from what I understand. You know, okay. they're they're trying to get some producers' eyes on them, but uh, they they've you know they've got, they've they got practice in front of the camera. Yeah, this is true. So uh, they'll join us coming up because we you know we want to find out the inside story. A lot of the times, you know, we we've, we've seen this over the years where we've had different. Um, Different people get involved in the paranormal that have interesting outside lives. We talked about this a few weeks ago, you know, when the paranormal kind of works its way into your regular everyday life, but some of these shows and some of these people that have been out looking for shows, you know, they've, they've had a gimmick mm-hmm. based on what their actual real day jobs are. And, you know, you know, Kane Hodder and, yep. uh, and they have, uh, the Hollywood paranormal, the Hollywood, Hollywood ghost, ghost hunters. hunters. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's. The same idea, you know, people that work in the film industry that are into this. Yep. We've had, um, there was the Playboy models that started their own show, yep. their own web series. I, I think that kind of fell, yeah, fell, yeah. Out, fell by the wayside. Um, but I,
1: that you know, wasn't too long.
0: But, but that's the thing is, you know, there's, there's people that have these interesting day jobs and they try to incorporate some of that into their work in the paranormal. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to some degree, you know, to see how somebody who, is, uh, I'm very interested to see how somebody who is a porn star...
1: Is going to investigate?
0: No, just deals with being, like, I'd like to see, like, just their regular everyday life. You know, like, it's got to be awkward when you get recognized. I mean, I guess you own it if you if yeah. you do it, but it's got to be awkward for the person that recognizes you, like, Hey, where do I know you from? Just, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> when have I seen you for, like, 45 seconds at a time? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I give myself too, cr- too much credit. 45 <laughs> seconds. But that's the, that's the, we can make those jokes. We're on YouTube only tonight. So the, um, that's, that's what I really want to get into the, to the nuts and bolts of. Oh, that was probably a bad phrase <laughs> use. But I want to find out, like, you know, how do you, how are you on the set of an adult film? And the conversation turns to the paranormal. And you start to say, you know, uh, I feel like, uh, is spirit
1: in the room, watching us right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, like this this, this place might be haunted. You know, I keep hearing, I keep, I keep hearing these banging sounds, and I don't know what it is. So it just, and I don't mean to make fun because I'm sure that they're perfectly fine investigators. But I just want to find out kind of the the genesis of how yeah. all of this came together, and and how they plan on keeping that balance of doing what they do and doing this because, like, you know, is their plan to only go out and investigate publicly? You know, public places. Do they plan on going to residential cases? Because that's a whole different can of worms. When you you know, when you're bringing somebody into your house that's an adult film star, you know that might not always be kosher with everybody in the family.
1: Yes, I know. I agree. And then just just the aspect of it in general. You know, private private homes, like you said, people might not like it, but then it could cause problems between spouses. You know, you never know what could happen.
0: And yeah. The, the other part, too, is, um, you know, we always say, like, when you're a paranormal investigator, you have to be careful because you could bring your own attachments in with you to these investigations. And so is there, you know, let, let's face it, the, the the pornographic film industry, you know, there's, there's a low life inspe- expectancy for a lot of people that are involved in that. So are there spirits that could be attached to them surrounding that industry? That could be part of that's, this as well.
1: That's a good question.
0: I will say this: they are not the first UK porn stars that I've known that have been into the paranormal. I actually have a, a friend who is um, an adult film star in the UK who is very much into the paranormal. Really? Uh, yeah, we. She's been asking for a couple of years now if I can help her get more involved with stuff, and so it's uh, it's certainly something that is of interest to mm-hmm. people in that in that field over there. I don't know how much in America. It's of interest to them, but in the UK, I think they, you know, they have a uh, a pretty good pro- proliferation of shows on their networks too. So well, uh, they're, they're a lot more op- open minded overseas too. You uh, know. not in, not in the UK, they're far more buttoned down. I would think. really, yeah, m- m- not about the paranormal. No, I'm just saying but, in general. But in, when it comes to uh pornographic films i think it's i think they're a little bit more buttoned down in the UK. Really? but we could ask them yeah you know, they'll know for sure
1: i was just thinking that it would be more open because most of the countries over there right. are, other european countries other european countries are a lot more i don't want to say you know free giving with it but more lenient to it
0: right and um you you just know when you turn on some of their their tv networks Mm-hmm. You know, like when we were kids and somebody would have satellite. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you go over their house and like, like, oh, you want to watch German TV? You get to see boobs. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. Absolutely. I, I don't know why like that's exciting to me, but I just, <laughs> I want to see it. It didn't take, uh, it didn't take very long for pornography to get, uh, mediocre to Americans. Lots well, of people around the world in general. When, like, once it became, like, free and you can get it any time, people are like, pfft. Uh, you know, you I know, don't it's, really care about it, that.
1: It's, somebody brought up a good question in the chat room, and they were like, I wonder how difficult it would be to take them serious as an investigator if people know going into locations that they're porn stars. Yeah, that's
0: going to be a big challenge. I mean, look yeah. at just how much of a challenge it is for some of these gimmicky paranormal groups around here. Yeah. Like... Um, you know, the paranormal expeditions. We were, we were their first ever interview. And that was one of the questions I remember talking with them about is like, you're putting yourselves out there as, you know, three attractive girls that are out there looking for ghosts. Are you worried that that will hurt your credibility as investigators because you are kind of also trying to be models at the same time? Yep. And, you know, it's something that you have to take into account. I mean, I've, believe me, it's not easy looking this good and being I, a paranormal investigator. I
1: wake up every morning and say the same thing.
0: It's like, Ah, like, uh, I know I'm so pretty. I hope people take me seriously today.
1: I, I, I get out of the shower and looking in the mirror and I, it's hard goddamn work looking this good.
0: Right. It's, but uh, so far it hasn't gotten in my way, but <laughs> there's still time. Uh, so we will also find out too. Um, we'll, tie, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later on, uh, to, uh, Mike from our, our, you know, you know, the Wicked Waters cruise is coming up.
1: Yes. Only the, a few months away.
0: The time is running short to uh, sign yourself up and to get involved in it, but uh, our friends from Holiday Maker Travel will be joining us. Mike will be calling in in a little while because we, they just, they, they've got some information that's going to really hit the website. It hasn't hit the website yet, so we're going to give you a little bit of a scoop on it tonight on Spooky South Coast. But if you've been thinking about joining the Wicked Waters Cruise and you haven't quite made the plunge yet or if you are part of the cruise and you're looking to add on a little something extra they've put together an excursion package that is phenomenal that uh i was just reading it here without
1: without what they've added on it was already going to be a great trip
0: right right and uh the just this this additional add-on thing as i was reading it out loud i was like wow and that and that and (laughs) that so uh we'll talk about that coming up as well there's there's certainly going to be um a lot of fun to be had on the cruise, even if you don't sign up for this additional excursion. But this just blows it out of the water—no pun intended—because this is uh, this is going to be a phenomenal. Uh, it, let, let me just put it to you this way: it's an eight and a half hour excursion.
1: It's going to be a long day. I mean, the whole trip is going to be a long, fun trip. You can tell already. Even if you don't do some of the excursions, you're going to ha- you're going to be busy.
0: Seven days on a ship with me is is definitely going to be fun. <laughs> I can promise that <laughs> there might be a day in the middle where we have to kind of put put the phone on pause for me to recover for a couple of hours. That happened last <laughs> time I was on a cruise. I lost a whole day really. Let me just say when you get off the ship and you go to Bermuda, bring water with you. Oh, don't mean. don't uh, don't take it for granted that you're just going out on a quick excursion and you can grab a bottle of water and come out. like bring a big bottle with you because uh, you need to stay hydrated. I did not <laughs> and so I paid the price Oof. the next day. I tried to make up for it by drinking screwdrivers, because I was like, yeah, the, the orange juice will balance out the dehydration. No, I don't think work. so. So <laughs> didn't work. So uh, we'll find out some more about that as well. And again, as I mentioned, we'll take your calls, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. We will keep it open lines, so you can talk about whatever it is that is on your mind when it comes to the paranormal. But uh, I will say this, we're getting into the... Well, we're, I guess we're in now. I have to admit it; we're in the holiday season, mm-hmm. we're in the Christmas season, and there's a story that's been going around. It's a couple of years old now. I think it's from 2016, maybe it was from last year. I don't remember exactly, but we shared it on the Spooky South Coast Facebook page, and uh, and I've seen a lot of other people share it as well. And it's a story from the Smithsonian about trying to bring back the tradition of Christmas ghost stories. Back in you know the the 19th century and and before, ghost stories were a bigger part of Christmas than they were of Halloween. So many of the actual Yuletide stories involved ghosts. And of, of course, the, the one that's kind of lasted the longest is a Christmas carol. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a lot of stories that had ghostly spirits, uh, you know, ghostly um, attributions to them. And uh, that's, you know, part of the reason why, you know, you have the holiday spirit because you're being Visited by this this feeling, and uh, and you're getting this feeling. So one of the things that I'm trying to do is bring some of that back. So we're going to see if we can find some of these more obscure uh, Christmas ghost stories. I know Jeff Belanger, Dustin Parry. They they go around and they they do you know, lectures solely about, like, some of these Yuletide ghost stories. Chris Balzano has talked about them with us in the past. And uh, and maybe we can bring some of these to the air, some of these forgotten ones. Just think about this, you know, and until five, six, seven years ago, people didn't even know about Krampus. I know. That that just seems crazy to me. But now it's, you know, a story that everybody knows. But it was just something that was... I remember talking about it here on the show. I think we had Jeff on talking about it. and uh, And it was you know, this this lost legend that people didn't really talk about. But now it's just part of the, the vernacular of, of the holiday season.
1: Wasn't there a story, somebody asked in the chat room, wasn't there a story just recently that they found the the original tomb of St. Nick?
0: I don't know. We'll have to look more into that, but, um I mean... I'll have to
1: take a look, see if I can find something if, when we go on break.
0: If there's a tomb, you know... the. But that means he's, Santa Claus is dead, right? This is true. <laughs> like, that's, we're, we're gonna break some hearts. <laughs> we're gonna break a lot I'm of kids to, I'm hearts. Trying to, I'm trying to put this in a nice way, but, uh, you know, if there's a tomb, St. Nick died. Now, then, maybe we can go look for Santa Claus' ghost. This is true. Uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll talk about more of this, and, and this is part of what I wanna bring into, uh, we're doing an event, I'm doing an event, uh, coming up December 8th at the Oliver House in Middleborough. And I want to talk a little bit about these holiday spirits there as well. But, of course, the the best part is investigating the Oliver House. And we have the house until midnight. And the event was supposed to start at 6 o'clock. So we we're going to do 6 to midnight. But it turns out that the KOA campground across the street does their Christmas lights display, where they charge like $5 a carload for people to go in and drive through and see all the Christmas lights. So Christy was telling me that uh, it would be really hard for people to get there for 6 o'clock because the traffic gets so backed up. Mm-hmm. So she said, why not just have people come earlier? So we're going to start showing up at like 3 o'clock at the Ellower House, and we're going to have all that extra time to hang out and get things ready and to kind of be in the house and get into the mode before we start investigating. So it's definitely going to be well worth it if you want to take part in that. You can go to SpookySouthCoast.com to get your tickets. And, uh, and certainly, if you've never been to the Oliver House, I highly recommend it. We've been doing a couple of events here and there throughout the last couple of weeks, and there's a lot of people that have not been to the Oliver House yet. But also, if you have been, like, this is gonna be a pretty unique night. So, I recommend, uh, if you've been thinking about going back, take advantage of this night, because it's gonna be very low-key. It's gonna be super focused on the investigation. And every time I'm there, weird stuff happens. I just want to take
1: that little square hole in the center there and see what's under it. Every time I go, I want to get that little piece of wood up. Which one's that? Where? In in the main room where Christy always sets oh, up yep, her equipment, yep. there's that little square in the floor that nobody can like pry up and get it up. I just want to see what's in there, if there is even any. I
0: don't. I think it goes into the basement.
1: No, it, it, it goes into the, well, it does, but it's, there's some kind of, um, a support beam mm-hmm. underneath it. And they don't know if it's a plug that goes into the beam or if it comes
0: out and there's a hollow thing inside there. No, well, listen, every time I'm in that basement, I'm not worried about what's in the hole. I'm worried about what's coming at me in the dark because we get shadow people galore. We, there have, is. uh, having, um, phantom legs walk down the stairs and then disappear. That was pretty creepy. Interesting. Having uh, pictures fly off the off the nail on the wall that the the nail was at a forty five degree angle pointing upward, and the picture had a a claw you know one of those sawtooth um, hangers, mm-hmm. and so it fit right over the nail at a forty five degree upward angle, and that meant something had to actually reach out underneath that picture frame and f- to to flip it off okay. the wall, and it did, and it came down and it was smashed smashed uh smashed all the glass, took down a clay pot on its way. a Couple of clay pots on its way and nobody has any idea how it could have happened. So just some of the experience we've had at the Oliver House and you can have some as well if uh if you just go to spookysouthcoast.com, click on the events tab and then you can get your tickets to our holiday spirits event at the I think that's what I called it. I don't remember what I call the event, but it's at the Oliver House and it's on December 8th. (laughs) So while we're talking about some of the events that we have coming up, let's welcome Mike from Holiday Maker Travel to the show. Uh, Good evening, Mike. Are you with us? Hey. Hello. Can you hear us?
2: Yes, I can.
0: Okay. I had to make sure I set everything up here correctly. Matt, we're good over there. You can hear him over there? Okay. And, uh, we wanted to have you on because, uh, there's, there's a, a scoop you can give us here about something that's being added on to the Wicked Waters cruise.
2: Exactly. We've got an extra shore excursion available.
0: And, uh, I was reading over this. This is phenomenal. This is beyond just, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's Things that you can do when you go on a cruise, when you when you sign up ahead of time, they have a whole list of things. When you're on the ship, they have a whole list of things. You know, swimming with dolphins, and you know, going on uh, deep sea fishing, and all that kind of stuff. But this is like the perfect excursion for people that are into the paranormal.
2: Exactly. This you can't get this on board. This is uh, we put this together especially just for our group.
0: And uh, so, why don't we tell everybody? This is an eight and a half hour excursion.
2: It is. It's, it's it's very cool. So, I'm glad to talk about it. Do you want me to talk about it now? Sure. If you can, if you can give us the details. Sure, sure. So the ship arrives in port at uh, one o'clock at uh, King's Wharf. We get off the ship uh, two o'clock. We depart the, uh, the 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 boarding area and take a little tour of the island. Um, the King's Wharf is on uh, the west end of Bermuda. We're going to travel all the way over to the east end, and uh, we're going to start the tour at Fort Saint Catherine. Uh, this was built back in 1614 or something, so 400 years ago. Um, it's it's a big fort. Uh, we'll have an hour to spend ex- uh, exploring the different uh, uh, bunkers and different areas of the fort um, in our private group. Uh, I think we're going to be able to bring some investigating uh, gadgets with us to see okay. what we can find, uh, but we'll spend some time there. And then after that we're gonna take uh, a little trip down to what they call the unfinished church and uh, it's it's an actual church that was being built it was about three-quarters of the way done and they stopped there was fighting uh, between who's building this and who's building that and all kinds of things Um, but it's hundreds of years old and we'll get a chance to uh, walk around walk through it uh, explore the grounds and after that uh, we're gonna be able to it's right by the town of Saint George on the uh the east uh east end of Bermuda. So we'll have about an hour to walk through Saint George, check out the shops and the stores and the uh areas in Saint George. Um
0: and, and Saint George it, is an awesome little town. Um It
2: is, it is. It's about an hour away from the uh, where we where, where, where the, the ship port is. And um it's it's very cool. A lot of a lot of history there.
0: And then uh and then after that we're going to we're going to have some dinner.
2: Of course, uh it's a long tour so you have to have some food uh and of course a couple of drinks and uh we're going to have dinner at the White Horse pub which is a uh, a famous pub and seafood restaurant. Um, it's known for its great food, lively bar scene. Um it's right on the waterfront uh, right by the uh, St George Harbor. Um, we're going to get a, you know your choice off the menu, uh burgers, sandwiches, uh salmon, uh, I think even steaks on the menu, and of course a couple of drinks. So we'll have a couple hours there to hang out and uh, have some good food. Um, and the, the coolest part of the tour comes after that.
0: Yeah, that's a, and and for those of you who have never been to St. George, let me just tell you: like at a certain time, like when it gets dark, it, things just kind of shut down, and oh yeah, and it gets really creepy, and it's. Oh, yeah. It, oh yeah, it's really cool. Like, uh, you, you know, even though you're in like this little town, like it gets it gets dark, and it gets it, it just has a, a feel to it once the sun goes down.
2: Yeah, as soon as sun goes down, it, it kind of buttons up a bit. Everyone's back at their place uh, wherever they are. Um, but for us at uh, eight o'clock, uh, we're going to go on a haunted history tour. Uh, it's a walking tour of the town of St. George, and. Um, uh, Saint George is part of the uh, UNESCO World Heritage Site uh, with 400 years of uh, history. So we're going to have our uh, storyteller guide. He's going to take us through the uh, the alleys, the lanes, all around the uh, town there, and we'll get a chance to hear some of the uh, fascinating stories from the famous residents of uh, from 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 many 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 years ago. Um, and we were not sure, but. It could be haunted. No, you no, can't let, promise uh, anything, but uh, uh, there'll be a few haunted stories involved.
0: Let me, let me tell you, I have been to Saint George, and I have walked around some of these places that they take you on the ghost tour. No, there is definitely stuff going on. Um,
2: oh yeah, you're gonna With see, 400, you are going to see four hundred years of history. It, it, it's just amazing,
0: and it's 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 stuff that's native to the island. It's pirate stories. It's uh, you know colonization stories. There is all these different stories uh, that all come together. And uh, and and you will really get like in addition to having the you know the haunted ghost stories, you're you're gonna get the the full history of, uh, of of Saint George and of Bermuda, which you know for for all of us geeks that love this stuff, it's it's just as much to learn about the history as it is the haunts.
2: Exactly, you know, and and, and what's so cool about this, is, you know, so we're gonna be together for you know, 8 some hours there. Uh, seeing the Fort St. Catherine and the Unfinished Church and and the town and the Haunted Tour. Um, And we're going to get to hang out with you. Um, You know, hey, we're going to hang out with Tim from Spooky South Coast. We're going to be with um, Scott Porter from uh, uh, TWC and Stephanie Burke. Um, So, you know, it's much different than any other kind of event you've ever been to and uh this is just one of the uh this is just an excursion. It took us months to put this together with all the different parts to it um and uh, we're glad we're able to get it together. Um, well, so this I'm, is the first day we get in Bermuda that this tour is going to go on.
0: I'm just impressed because, you know, uh, in the past, other, other paranormal groups have gone to Bermuda and have tried to get into the fort to try to investigate. And it's, it's hard to get into there. They won't let anybody in. So the fact that we can get in there and that we can bring some of our equipment with us and check it out. I mean, that's, that's some pretty groundbreaking stuff.
2: It, it, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, so it's open to the public, so we're going to be a group going in there. Um, we're going to bring a couple of handheld stuff. Um, we hope to find something. We hope they don't kick us out too quick. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and this is the first day that we get to Bermuda. Um, we're there for three days. So the next day you have all day to go out and explore and do your beach things, um, see the caves there, um, the dolphins, Um And on the second night, we've got a a, a shore excursion that's included. Uh, We're going to take a little boat ride to the Bermuda Triangle. And that's already included in, in, in the whole package, right? Um, this this, so this eight and a half
0: hour one on the first day, just so people are following along. This this first one is extra, but it's only it's only one hundred and forty nine dollars a person to add on. One hundred forty
2: nine dollars includes everything, including dinner and drinks.
0: I mean, that's amazing. You'll spend that just for dinner yeah. for two people as you exactly. Go out. exactly. And uh, so, you know, you get this whole this whole big excursion, and then but then the next day you're saying there's a, there's an excursion that's included with your ticket to the Wicked Waters cruise.
2: Right, right. So it's a seven day cruise. Um, so, we've got a couple days at sea on the way there, a, couple, a, a day at sea on the way back. Um, at sea, we're going to be doing presentations and lectures from all of you guys, uh, doing some panel discussions, um, Stephanie's going to be doing some private readings, um, and then when we get to Bermuda, we do this, you know, this is one of the options for the first day, uh, and then the uh, second night, uh, we're going to take a little uh, cruise uh, right out to the Bermuda Triangle, uh, at twilight, right, right when the uh, sun goes down, so it, it, it's it's really cool. Uh, we'll go out, we'll see some shipwrecks and some other things. Um, it, it's just a great time.
0: And the whole the whole trip is going to just be fantastic. It's a uh, again, it's it's from Boston to Bermuda through the Bermuda Triangle. It's myself, Stephanie Burke, Scott Porter. It's going to be just a fantastic time, and uh, and and certainly it's going to be. Um, know, you know i i can guarantee you it's going to be some of the most fun you've ever had in your life because i can right. promise you i am i i am a party animal on a cruise
2: ship <laughs> you know and and you're gonna lead uh we're gonna go up to the top deck one of the nights at sea, and uh, we're gonna look for some uFOs maybe we'll see something up there.
0: I know the last time I did it, I did. I saw some stuff that I couldn't explain uh we also had uh John Tenney had some of his occultist friends also try to make some things happen under the water, so we'll see if we can we'll see if we can get that to happen again. Uh, while we're out there, see if we can get his friends to kind of conjure something up for us again. And uh, it's it's just it's a great time. I mean, it's a chance to, to hang out. You know, we'll talk about the paranormal, but at the same time, we're also going to be on vacation, too. So we get to all right. hang it's out. Cruise.
2: And- so all your food, all your, drink, uh, all, all your meals are included. Uh, the cruise is May 10th to the 17th, uh, 2019, next year. Uh, we'll be sailing from uh, Boston to Bermuda uh, on the Norwegian Gem. Um, the inside cabin rate starts at 1349 dollars includes your seven-night cruise, your port charges, taxes, fees. We have the cocktail party, a group photo, uh, and then you get to pick two amenity packages uh, that, that you can add to your cruise, which could be the drink package that's all your drinks all week long. Um, you can also add certificates, right. gratuities, Wi-Fi, or a dining package, or a $75 onboard credit um, it's wickedwaterscruise dot com. All the details are there. Um, our information is there. Give us a call. Um, we're happy to talk to anyone about it and go over all the details for them.
0: And and so definitely get on board. No pun intended. And uh, and sign up now. And and uh, and if you do, if you come along with us, I can promise you it will be a vacation to remember.
2: So right. The uh, deposit's only fifty dollars a person through this uh, Cyber Monday weekend. Uh, Black Friday through Cyber Monday weekend, $50 a person to hold a space and uh, the final payment's due in January.
0: I just want to say, too, I want to thank you and Wendy for working so hard on this, because those $50 deposits, see, what people don't understand is that you guys have been fighting to keep those going uh, since we've announced this cruise so that people can can sign up for this without having to to lay a lot of money down right now. So you guys keep fighting to make sure that people can get on board and they can just put that $50 deposit down to be able to do so. So thank you guys for, for working so hard to making sure, not only that this is going to be a great cruise, but also to make sure that people can can take part in it in in the easiest way possible
2: sure sure you know it's it's we're going to be a small group on a big ship we'll we'll probably be 50 people maybe maybe 50 to 60 people in the whole group the ship holds like 2,500 people so we're a small group on a big ship um we've got about nine cabins left at our special group rates after that the rates are going to go up hundreds of dollars so um nine cabins left fifty dollar per person deposit um WickedWatersCruise.com, all the information is in there, or give us a give us a call tomorrow. We'll be in the office tomorrow and all next week.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Mike, for uh, for all your hard work, and, and say hi to Wendy for us. I sure will. Thanks very much.
2: Looking forward to seeing you guys. All right. Have a good Have a night, evening. Mike.
0: That is Mike from Holiday Maker Travel, and, and don't forget, too, you can use our codes when you sign up. So you can either use my code Tim, Stephanie's code Burke, or por- Porter's code Porter. And, uh, so if you use those codes, you know, that we know, then we know which team you're picking. You know, who you want to, who you want to hang out with? Can you put all
1: three in at one time?
0: Uh, well, you're going to have to hang out with all three of us no matter what. (laughs) That's guaranteed. But, uh, certainly, you know, I'm just going to put it out there because, you know, Porter's not here and Stephanie's not here. So if you want to use the promo code Tim, it's the easiest one to put in. It's only three letters. So you save time right there just by only having to put in three letters. This is so true. Check it out, WickedWatersCruise dot com. Uh, I I just I gotta say, having been through um, Saint George and having to having been to Bermuda, it's definitely one of. See when I when I got there, I I didn't have any plans to to leave the ship because I was kind of thinking like you know I'm not really a beach guy. Mm. Uh, I'm not really somebody that would want to go out and like you know, go rent a cabana on the beach all day and just sit there and soak in the sun and swim in the water. Like, it's just, it's, that's not really my thing. You know, I'll stay on the ship and I'll help out anybody that's on the ship and maybe I'll go swimming in the pool or whatever. But I went on a little excursion with, uh, with John Tenney and uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk. And we went to, there's a, 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 what they call glass beach where there's all the sea glass that washes up, collects on this beach. And so that's really cool. But right down the street from that is a is a maritime graveyard. Oh, really? And it's really, really cool. And it's not that far. It's not that big of a walk. From... Is that the one that you posted p- people were
1: posting pictures of mm-hmm. that's very old looking? Yes. Okay.
0: And so uh, if anybody's coming on the cruise and wants to go out there, I will happily lead everybody out there. I know exactly how to get there. It's an easy walk. Um, you know, just make sure you bring water, unlike I didn't do. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll lead people out there. We can go to the glass beach if you want to do that because the, the cemetery is pretty much right across the street from there. And, uh, you know, I'm somebody who I'm not very travel savvy. Uh, I only, I never flew on a plane until, you know, five years ago for the first time. So I'm not somebody that really travels a lot. Like usually if I'm going, I go to places that I can drive to. Um, but so I was a little, you know, a little worried going on cruises and going to other countries and, going to places where, you know, they might be taking advantage of people and or it might be taking you in general. Right, but it's not <laughs> it's not like that at all in Bermuda. Everybody is so nice, so friendly. Um, everybody is, you know, everybody speaks English, which is I know a concern that a lot of people have when they travel to the Caribbean, you know, am I going to be able to communicate? Everybody speaks English. Uh and, you know, it's it's um, you know, it's just very they know that tourism is is it's what big, drives yeah. everything, yep. so you know they take care of people, and uh, and it's not like it's not one of these places where you go to other tourist destinations, and you know you're gonna have to shell out all kinds of money to get souvenirs and things. For, this is this is like shopping in America, and you can you just use American money. You don't need to convert your money over. Oh,
1: so it's not like what I went through when I went to Canada.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's easy. It's even easier than Canada. So you know they take American money at all those places, and uh, you you know you can exchange it for Bermudan money if you want to, but uh, but they take American money for everything, and uh, and it's it's just a very welcoming place, and so I I definitely recommend. But if you are going to go to St. George, like don't go on your own because as I was mentioning to John uh, before the show, it's a hike. Like you look at on a map of Bermuda, like oh it's, it's not that far, like we could walk. You know, it's not that far, but it is that far because there is no straight shot. You have to go through the entire island. You have to go from one side of the island to the other to get there. And you can't drive in Bermuda. Like, you're not going to show up there and rent a car because they don't let people that aren't from Bermuda drive.
1: So what do you rent? Scooters?
0: You can rent scooters. Oh, okay. I would also recommend that you don't rent a scooter. Okay. Um, They do have, you know, they have cabs. They have buses. I think they even have Uber. So you want to do that. You want to try to, if you're going to go on your own, you want to get a ride with somebody who knows how to drive Bermuda. The roads are very narrow.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, uh, they're very windy. So it's, that's why what's so great about these excursions is we get to all go together. So you don't have to worry about getting yourself to and from where you need to be. Yep. I, I had grand designs of you know renting a scooter or a motorcycle or something and just riding all around the island. That's what I was going to do. When I got there and I saw the roads, I'm like, yeah, no, no, thanks. Because the people who live there drive on them every day. They know how to maneuver them. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be looking out for the stupid American that's trying to drive the motorcycle down the road. <laughs> so, uh, But absolutely, you will have uh, a great time, I promise. And as we mentioned, one of the amenities is the unlimited drink package.
1: That's so. the best part of it.
0: To be able to just walk up to the bar and order whatever you want. And and what's funny is, you know, it's a $16 limit per drink when you get the unlimited drink package. So you can only get a drink that's worth up to $16. And most drinks are priced around that on a cruise ship. Oh, really? So it's not like you're going up there and paying, you know, $4 for a bud. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay like $11 for a bud if you're paying cash out of your own pocket. I'm just pulling that number out of my head. You know, it's pricier than it would be. If you were buying it, because, you know, you also have, there's, you know, different fees involved, yep. especially when you're in Bermuda and you're in port, there's port fees and all that stuff involved. So that all gets added onto your card and the tip and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you have the drink package, that's all included. So you just walk up to the, you walk up to the bar and you order what you want or you sit down at the table and the the waiter or the waitress comes over and they, they ask you what you want and you just get it and that's it. Nice. Now, now, what happens if you
1: did, like, say for instance for me, I only drink Jaeger. So if I got a Jaeger and Red Bull here in the States, that's $12, 15 um, So it'd probably be, so let's say 20 bucks. What would happen then? Would you have to pay the difference?
0: I think if it's, I think if it's over the $16, I think you have to pay the outright price. Huh. But uh, I don't know if they even have the Red Bull on the ship. I don't think I saw anybody drinking that.
1: That's okay. I'll do Jaeger and orange
0: juice. They do, they, yeah, they, they do, they'll be able to, I, I assume they have Jaeger. They must. They don't have the machines. I don't remember seeing the machines. You know, the, the ones that keep it cold. Oh. I don't think I've seen that, but they must have bottles of it. But then, you know, they also have, like, the daily drink. So every day they have a different cocktail that's, like, the drink of the day. And so when you go to some of the bars, especially, like, the bar around the pool, they have it already made up in, like, these big, like, containers. Mm-hmm. And so you just walk up and be like, "Oh, the drink of the day." Shh, there you go, you know. And there's bars everywhere. It's not, you don't have to wait in line for a drink. Nice. And uh, but it's not just about the drinking either. I know. I, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm uh yammering on too much about the cruise, but I'm just trying to give people the information if they've never been. Uh, so one of the one of the things that Mike mentioned there is, you know, all your meals are included on the ship. Like, like he he's underselling it. Like, you will eat like a king on the ship, included with your price. There's a buffet that's open pretty much all day.
1: And I'm sure it's not no chintzy buffet. No, it's not.
0: (laughs) They have uh, all different... They have different theme days. You know, one day it might be some Asian dishes. One day it might be some Indian dishes. They also have other things. Like, they always have burgers, and they always have, like, turkey and steak and all that kind of stuff. But uh, they have different theme stuff. But you walk in in the morning, and they have a, a big layout for breakfast. With uh, omelet stations and French toast and waffles and everything you could possibly want for breakfast, cereal, coffee, juice, and then you go back at lunch and dinner, and they have all different kinds of other meals. Um, and they have a soft serve machine, so you can go and get an ice cream cone if you want one. But they also have—I don't know if the Gem does. I'm assuming it's the same as the Dawn, which is a ship I've been on twice. They also have a Sunday bar oh. by the by the pool, where like there's a guy like a little white cap that makes you a sundae with anything that you want on it.
1: So you can just sit, so can just right sit by the pool? Just, or just, you can
0: sit in the pool and, and just eat ice, ice cream. cream all day. I get my oh ice cream boy. Sunday, and I get my I get my aluminum bottle of Budweiser, and I just sit down in the pool with that, and that's that keeps me going for a couple of hours. That's how I just find a corner and I sit. I don't need to swim. I don't need to move. I just sit there and relax. That's funny. But you do. So you get the buffet. But there's also other restaurants throughout the ship where you can eat. There's a couple of main dining uh, halls where they have... A different menu every day and so you can go in there and you can say okay i'm going to have the new york strip but i will have the uh you know salmon appetizer mm-hmm. and, uh, and i'll have the cheesecake for dessert but you know what i can't decide if i want the sirloin steak or the turkey so i'm going to get both and you just can and then uh, they have a couple other restaurants they have an asian restaurant and a mexican restaurant which those are a little bit those aren't included in your dining package. You have to pay to go to those, but they're not that expensive. You know, like you're paying 10, 12 bucks for a meal. And now uh, they have a steakhouse.
1: Uh, they must have a sushi bar.
0: They do. The well, the, the Asian place is a sushi well, place. like, you
1: know,
0: the uh, hibachi. Yeah, the hibachi. Yeah. Yes. But that's not included. That's a little extra. Yeah,
1: but still.
0: But then uh, you can, so, but when you get these amenities, you get to pick two amenities when you sign up for the cruise. So you can pick the unlimited packet, the unlimited. Drinks package, but you could also pick the unlimited dining package, which means that you can go into any of those restaurants like you would the buffet, Mm -hmm. and it's included with everything. So, I'm telling everybody if you're going to sign up, those are the two amenities that you want to pick. Don't worry about the onboard credit. Most people just end up spending that in the casino anyway. Uh, Don't worry about the Wi Fi because you're not going to use it. You're not going to use it. And it's, I don't know how it's going to be since they've upgraded it, but it's not that great when you're out at sea anyway, and it's just going to frustrate you. You know, for three days, disconnect, get to Bermuda. You'll have free Wi-Fi everywhere in Bermuda, and then you know, for three days, you can disconnect again. But then, if you get the the drink package and the dining package, you're golden. You yeah. can just do whatever you want on the ship, and uh and you'll you'll you would like the 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 uh, spa. They have a spa where you can get massages. Really? Yep. Yeah, I know you're into that stuff. So. Oh, absolutely. So they have that there as well. You know, that's a little bit more money. They have a casino. Mm. Where you can gamble. I'm not a fan of gambling, but I like to, I, I I like to am, go down there and watch well, I people.
1: I don't know if I do it there. I mean, we get enough casinos around here.
0: I'm not a gambler, but I do. I do like to go and walk through there
1: and watch people lose their money.
0: Pretty much, <laughs> and uh, and they have a theater where there's constantly shows going on all week long. Uh, so it's it's definitely it's a, it's a it's a vacation to remember. Nice. So if you've never been, I highly recommend it. Wickedwaterscruise.com. April Gardner says the ice cream sells it. Yes, absolutely. Guarantee you that you will not go wrong. (laughs) Jimmy's in the chat room. It's all about the drinking. Jimmy knows. Jimmy's been there with me. He's been on a couple of them? He's he's been. uh, Every cruise I've ever been on, Jimmy's on. Very cool. And he's going to be on this one, too. So, uh, yeah, we'll be closing down the bars together every night. And there's karaoke. Really? And you might even see me dance. There's always, like, trivia games and stuff We want to see you get up and sing karaoke. I've done it. There's video out there. So, anyway, that's all coming up with the Wicked Waters Cruise. Just go to wickedwaterscruise.com, use my promo code Tim or Stephanie's code Burke or Porter's code Porter. Uh, if you want to use those to sign up and you can only, you can get in there for only having to put $50 down. Not a bad deal at all. That is a great deal. And then payments due at the end of January. So, if you're a little bit worried right now about, you know, paying for Christmas and you want to pay for all that up front, just put the $50 deposit down. Then when Christmas is over, you get a whole other month to put the rest of the money down. So you can you know pay off all your Christmas bills in your credit card and then just put the balance of the cruise in your that's credit right. card and pay it off by May and you'll be good to go.
1: No, that's that's the best way to do it. That way you can just not have to stress over it through, during Christmas.
0: And it makes a great gift, too, as well. So if you want to surprise a loved one with a, the best Christmas gift ever, there you go. All right, I think I've done the, the hard sell on that for everybody. Why don't we take a break? We'll take a, a quick break. Uh, Just a minute or so. When we come back on the other side, we'll start taking your calls. The lines are open, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Paranormal open lines, whatever is on your mind when it comes to the strange and unusual. So we'll be right back with more coming up in just a moment here on Spooky South Coast.
2: Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app. From talk Stream Live, you'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. And
0: uh, we just want to, you know, leave the lines open for the rest of the show. You can call in and you can talk about whatever is on your mind when it comes to the paranormal. 508-996-0500 is the number to call in. There is uh, you know there's there's a lot that's been going on in the paranormal world lately. And some of it is you know, you know there's there's always oh. drama. Well, there's, there's always There's always uh you know infighting and there's always issues, but one thing that I've seen at least in getting out there and doing the different events that I did through through October and September and all the library lectures and everything one thing that I've seen is there seems to be a turn toward people you know willing to just take a story at face value again mm-hmm. people looking to just hear something creepy yep. so it's not just about you know what can you prove to me it's not just about what can you show me that is uh, evidence of the paranormal. People are kind of getting on board with just the idea of it's okay just to hear a, a creepy story. And if it happens to be true, you know, that's that's, that's all the better. better. But yep. it's, it's not so much like they're going to worry about the little in- intricacies of the story. And, you know, we do a stage show, Jeff and Andy and Carl and I, we do a stage show where we go out and, you know, we stand in front of Frank Grace's awesome photos and we tell the ghost stories. And nobody's ever come up to us at the end of one of those and said, Hey, I really like that story, but uh you know, I have a little bit of a question about the factuality of this and the actuality of that. Like people just just enjoyed it. They just like the story. And I think we're getting back to that more and I think part of what's helped in that is the fact that some of these paranormal TV shows have gone away from the investigation style, mm-hmm. and they've gone more into the recreation shows, where you know you've been involved in these, where you yep. tell your story on camera, yep. and then usually they have an actor who looks nothing like you playing yep. you in a dramatic recreation of what happened. This is true, and uh, and and so, I mean, the guy who played you,
1: I went from six seven to five eight.
0: Yeah, but like that's okay. Like you know, you have kind of a unique look. It's going to be hard to find somebody <laughs> that can that can uh, properly portray you. Um, they should have just let me do what I asked them to. They didn't want to fly me. That's the problem. They, well, yeah. <laughs> well, but, uh, so, you know, the, you're, but like Moniz, they didn't yeah. even try to get close to Moniz oh, in the, did. in the show that they recreated his, uh, his UFO abduction story. Well, they did it. I was like, mm, this, this guy doesn't look anything like him. Like, at least put a wig on the guy so he has long hair, you know? <laughs> but anyway, so these, these recreation stories are starting to become, You know, the new trend in in paranormal television. I think part of that is because, like, you know, when you do the investigation shows, it's hard to to stand out. It's hard to get the equipment that's different than what another show is using. It's hard to go to places that another show hasn't been. You know, it's hard to kind of stand out and, and, and have originality for all those episodes. But when you're talking about people's personal stories, it resonates with the viewer. And uh, the same thing happens with books, you know. When people are sharing their own stories, those stories resonate far better with the reader than any theories would, mm-hmm. or any stories, even stories of investigation. I think are starting to wane in terms of people's interest level. You know, it's 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 kind of like okay, you went out looking for it, so yeah, you're going to have experiences. But people still love to hear about when somebody wasn't expecting it. And they get blindsided by it. And so I like that trend. And I think another reason why it's becoming, uh, so popular to have that, that version of paranormal television now is because horror has made quite a comeback.
1: It has, over the past couple of years.
0: I mean, we, we, we got duped by paranormal activity. I'll, I'll, I'll freely admit it. You know, we got caught up in the hype when, the campaign came out and they were calling it the scariest movie of all time and people were fainting in the theater and, you know, they put the blitz on and they put the campaign out there and they were reaching out to shows like ours and saying, you know, we'd really like you to start pushing paranormal activity and we're going to give you tickets to give away and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, we, we got kind of sucked into that hype and it turned out not to really be the scariest movie of all time, but it was, it was good. The first one. And, uh, and it was different and it was unique. And I think kind of. From that time period, and right around the time they started remaking those Japanese horror movies like The Ring yep. uh, and The Grudge and all those movies, I think from that point on, we've seen a real, like a, a, a renaissance of horror. And I was trying to figure out, like, what is it that has led to this renaissance? And I was watching, I don't know if you've been watching uh Eli Roth's History of Horror yes. on AMC. Oh, absolutely. So just watching some of those episodes and and kind of, you know, thinking more about it and I realized it's because we're getting away from like the slasher flick and the you know, the monster flick that was so popular, like in the, in the eighties and the nineties. So we're talking the Jason movies, the Freddy movies, yep. you know, even, uh, you know, I know what you did last summer, scream, those kind of movies. We're getting away from that and we're getting more into the psychological stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is driving this is that it's not, it's not so much about those visceral scares anymore. And the, the funny part is, is, you know, we live in a time when you can CGI anything that you want.
1: Pretty much, yeah. and
0: you could make a movie that looks ridiculously scary, but that's not what scares people anymore. People don't want the the bloody and the gory and and, and all that. They want the psychological, mm-hmm. and it makes a big difference. So, you know, the Haunting of Hill House. I don't know if you've watched that series. Absolutely, I haven't seen the last episode yet. So I'll just I'll just go. I'll, I'm just going to tell you this. It's not going to ruin it yeah. for you but the last episode is usually like the last couple of episodes yep. are where people are complaining mm-hmm. because it does get it's very heavy on the family. Yeah. So, but it's wrapping up the storyline. Yeah. But 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 you know, that's usually my criticism of horror is that you get me hooked for the first three act uh, the first two acts of the movie but then the final act doesn't usually deliver. You know, the ending never delivers in a horror movie for me. But this you know, the, the haunting of Hill House kind of did have, uh, somewhat of an acceptable ending. Um, it's, there's still loose ends and all that kind of stuff, but you know, you expect that with a series because it's going to go in a different direction one way or another. Uh, they're, t- and they're trying to figure out what direction season two will go in. Uh, but the, what I like about it is that you're dealing with, like, there's not a lot of overt scary things no. that happen in that, in that show it's more mental. And if you go back and if you watch the original the haunting, the the 1963 movie that's based on the same book that led to that series, mm-hmm. if you go back and you watch that movie, there's no ghosts in that movie. I'm
1: trying to think cuz I have seen that and I I think you are right. There isn't.
0: There's no like you're not seeing something fly by you on the screen, you're not seeing something reach out at you. What you're getting is you're getting noises. You're getting um you know the only real special effects in that movie uh is the door toward the end of the movie like kind mm-hmm. of uh like pulsating almost like uh expanding toward toward the people that are in the room but generally and this was pointed out in the Eli Roth thing generally the horror is conveyed in that movie by just showing the faces of the people yes and seeing the way that they're processing this and i think what the series the haunting of hill house did is it it gave you the the character development enough so that you could understand why this stuff freaked them out so much and why it affected each person the way that it did mm-hmm. and uh, and I love the fact that I'm glad that I you know because I saw the haunting years and years ago and I just went out and I rewatched it last night and I'm glad that I took the time to do that because now that I've gone back and watched the original I can see all the little um nods and homages to the original and two of the Shirley Jackson book that are now in the TV series, which is pretty cool. Uh, like, I I never would have even remembered the fact that there's that spiral staircase in the, in the library, um, and then there's a spiral staircase yeah. in, in the TV version. Yeah. So just, you know, things like that. But there's, like, if you watch that whole series, and so you said you've watched all but the last episode? Yep. So there's only one jump scare in the entire series. Pretty much. Like the rest of it is, you know, kind of slow burn, slow build mm. horror, and the one jump scare that it does have is like a perfect jump scare. Like it, it had to be that. It, I, I thought the
1: the 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 basement when he went down the the elevator, the little kid <laughs> in the shirt got torn. I thought that was a pretty good scare,
0: right for him. But no, there was there was definitely like some really good freaky, dramatic tension scares. But, uh, you know, none, none of the, I think jump scares are basically cheap for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they didn't overuse it. I don't know. Do you want, I don't know if you want to get it on this, Matt. Have you watched the show yet? Okay, then I, I'm not going to ruin it by <laughs>
1: saying, too saying much.
0: what the things are. That That's are. why
1: I was trying to be careful in case of him or anybody listening, too.
0: There's I definitely a,
1: don't want to ruin it.
0: There's definitely a rewatchability factor for it. Uh, you know, Matt shared it out on the Spooky South Coast Facebook page, and, uh, and I think on the Twitter account, too, that, you know, you can go back and see all the hidden ghosts that are there in the show. And there are a lot. And I started picking up on some of them myself, like, toward the end of them. Um, but so there's definitely a, a rewatchability to it in that regard. But if you look at some of the, like, haunted house movies, to me, are the best Uh, you know, I, I, I don't mind slasher films. I don't mind, you know, some of these other things. I love evil dead, you know, things like that. But to me, if I want the psychological scares, I love the haunted house or the ghost movies. And some of the older ones are are great Mm. and they get kind of lost in the shuffle. But, you know, like have you ever seen burnt offerings?
1: No, I haven't, and you're not the first person that said that to me. It's a
0: great movie. I mean, it's it's one of those movies where, I, I you know, you don't see it on television enough. But if you go out and you look for it and you find it, it's well worth sitting down and watching. Um, yeah, I've had a few
1: people tell me that movie that they 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 know that I like horror, and they're like, "You need to watch this. Yeah, it's another one it. of
0: those slow burn, yep. you know, psychological build type movies." Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that at least in that history of horror, you know, Poltergeist got its due for being just the great movie that it is. And that's another one of those movies. That's, that's like the ultimate combination of having that slow build Mm -hmm. to the horror. But then when it comes time, like all hell breaks Mm -hmm. loose and, and, and it's one of the few horror movies that has a satisfying ending to me.
1: It's funny Colleen Colleen's in the chat saying the same thing in big letters. You've got to see burnt offerings. You've got oh, to see yeah. it. Oh, Yeah.
0: No, it's a it's a great movie. Um there's a lot of them though that uh you know have kind of so I don't know if you have um, if you have the Epics channel I on think, your cable. Yes, yeah. So if you go into Epics, like they have a bunch of old movies. Old you know nineteen thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies horror movies. And some of these are total cheese fest but some of them are really good like i record every saturday night of course we're here but i record svengulli on me tv because they show some really good movies and right now they're in a run of showing uh, william castle films and william castle is one of my favorite directors of all time because every one of his movies had a gimmick oh really well my, not everyone but a lot of his movies had a gimmick so tonight they're showing mr sardonicus and, uh, so Mr. Sardonicus is this, this, this character who becomes evil. And, uh, at the end of the movie, they would have the audience decide his fate. They supposedly filmed two endings. And in one ending, he dies. Mm-hmm. And in the other ending, he's redeemed. And, and, you know, he, he gets to, to live a, a happy life. And so they would give people these glow in the dark cards. That had a, th- a a thumb, you know, like kind of like a Facebook like, yeah. you know, the thumbs up, and uh, and what you would do is when it came time to determine his fate, they would stop the film, or I think William Castle showed up on the screen, and he would say, "Hold your cards up, thumbs up if you want him to to live and and be redeemed, thumbs down if you want him to die," and the idea was that the, the projectionist would look and see and count all these cards in the dark, and then run the ending based on how how the votes really. Were. But the the legend is they never really filmed two endings. Like, the ending is that he's he, he dies. I mean, not to ruin the movie, yeah. but the ending is that he dies. And they did claim that a couple of times, like in a couple of theaters, they did run the ending where he lives, but nobody's ever seen that ending since. So the they think it's just kind of a story that's been made up and that... You know, they just assumed that everybody was going to vote thumbs down anyway, so they only really made that one, that one ending. Oh. But they had other, you know, Castles had other movies. Uh, have you seen the original 13 Ghosts? Not
1: the original,
0: no. Now the remake was pretty good. I I mean, I liked it. The one with Tony Shaloub and...
1: Matt, Matt, um... um, not, not, um. We're talking about the same one, right? I don't know. It was a a
0: house where they had. Uh, Yeah,
1: all glass walls. Yeah, and they had the ghosts, like, trapped in the house.
0: So the original. Matthew
1: Matthew Lillard. That's who I was trying to think of. Okay.
0: So the original, um, the original William Castle film was, uh, you know, the same idea. This, this guy inherits a a mansion from his, from his uh, rich uncle. And, uh, and the rich uncle is trapped 13 ghosts in the house. Actually, 11 ghosts, and then he becomes the 12th. But anyway, there's 13 ghosts in the house. And so the gimmick with that movie was uh what they call it illusiono so with illusiono, you had the option if you wanted to see the ghosts or not mm-hmm. so what they would do is they would give you a red and a white yeah red and a blue like three d glasses, yeah, except it was one panel was blue at the top and one panel was red at the bottom. Look through this panel if you don't want to see the ghosts. Look through this panel if you do want to see the ghosts. And they would tell you on screen when to use your viewer. So if you held it up and you look through the blue, they were using basically the same technology as 3D, where they had the red and the blue, but they would just, you know, they would make it so that it would block it out if it was the blue, and then if you use the red, you would see the ghosts. Now if you watch the movie now, they've, they've removed all of that and they just make it so that you can see the ghosts on the screen. But, in those days, you would decide when you went into the theater if you wanted to see the ghosts or not by using that viewer. And then he had another movie uh, called The Tingler. I don't know if you've ever seen this one, Vincent ah. Price.
1: So, Vincent, and I've seen a lot of his movies. And
0: in in The Tingler, the idea is that um, I forget what they called the gimmick, but the 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 idea of The Tingler is that every human being has this. This like parasite that lives on your spine, mm-hmm. your spine tingler. So when when things when you are afraid, this thing feeds off of that fear, and so um, Vincent Price's character is a is a doctor who's also a mortician, but um, or a a, um, a coroner. So uh, he says that um, if you can catch somebody who dies of fright at the moment that they die, and cut them open, you can remove the tingler and prove that it exists. So he does, and uh, it just so happens that in in the course of the movie, the Tingler gets loose in a movie theater. Really? So, so then Vincent Price gets somebody to come just up... said that in the chat. So Vincent Price comes on and says, you know, the Tingler is in the theater, and so they would put these vibrating boxes under some of the chairs in the theater. And during that scene, they would hit a button that would cause those chairs to vibrate and scare people, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, the Tingler is under my chair!" But they didn't do it to every chair; they only did it to some chairs. So, um, so that was the, the gimmick for that. And then, um, he also had The House on Haunted Hill with Which Vincent was, Price.
1: That was, I love that
0: one. And in that movie, they have, I think, I think I got that right. I think that's the one that's the castle movie. But they had what they called, uh, what would they call it? Was it,
1: uh, it was a, an old insane asylum.
0: They called it Emerjo or something with Vincent Price. And they, it was like, they paid them $10,000 if they could stay the night. Yep. So they had what was called, like, a merjo. So in that, there's a scene where, like, the the skeleton comes out, and they would actually have a skeleton that would come on, a like, a fishing line through the middle of the theater during that part of the... Really? So as it was coming out on the screen, it would kind of carry through the entire theater and would go to the back, and they ended up having to get rid of it because... All the kids were going to see the movie again and again, oh. and so they knew the skeleton was coming. Mm-hmm. So when the skeleton came out, they'd all throw their candy at it and all ah. their sodas and everything. And uh, you know, kids would bring kids would bring in bats and all those kind of stuff. So I just I love those uh, I love those William Castle gimmick films. And they're they're decent movies. They hold up pretty well.
1: I I think Vincent Price all his movies were awesome. I loved his stuff.
0: Well, what was great about him is that, uh, you know, in some movies, he was um, very much like the personification of evil. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of his movies, he was just a guy Mm -hmm. who was caught up in these... And he he had a great way of portraying that that side of him, where, you know, you kind of felt bad. It was definitely in, in The Tingler, you know, he's a guy who has a wife, who doesn't appreciate him and she's upset because he spends so much time on his work and she's cheating on him and she thinks nothing of coming home with a guy and like making out with the guy right on the front lawn of the house so that everybody knows that this guy basically you know has to has to live that lifestyle and and uh and so you know you you feel bad for him Mm. and and you 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 feel bad for what he's going through and and he can kind of carry that and I think that's what works so great about the the Haunting of Hill House TV show is like you really felt for the father even you know especially the younger version of the father the Henry Thomas version you really felt bad for him like what he was going through and how he was trying to protect the kids from what was going on
1: I I, I was getting those two films confused you're talking about the house on the, the Haunted Hill House
0: Yes, the house on Haunted Hill, I believe, is the castle film with Vincent Price. Yes, yeah. he, he brings a bunch of people together, and yes. he, whoever can stay the night will get ten thousand dollars.
1: Yep. And, but then there's another movie called The Hill House.
0: There's there's also The Haunting, which is the haunting of Hill House. Yeah, and then there's also uh, The Legend of Hell House.
1: Okay. Yep.
0: So see, there's all these yeah. different.
1: That's why then, I was getting confused there for a second.
0: And uh, and and I you know I'm trying to. Watch the chat here to see if uh, if anybody kind of gets what's going on. And, uh, and and Age of Quarrel mentions in the chat room that Castle also produced Rosemary's Baby. And that's true, he did. Um, he actually wanted to direct the movie, but he was kind of told, like, no, we, we, we want this Polanski guy to do it. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't get to do Rosemary's Baby, but he, he thought that that would be his chance to kind of, you know, get out of these B movies and, and have an A-list horror project uh and and it, and it didn't work out they they wouldn't let him direct it which i mean can you imagine what kind of gimmick you would have came up with for rosemary's right. baby you know like
1: <laughs> yeah somebody just said there's the hell house by richard uh matheson
0: yeah there's there's if you just go and like look through like hulu or netflix or any of these like you'll find all these different movies hmm. and and you know most of them are worth a watch uh I don't think the Liam Neeson movie was very good. That was like a remake of The Haunting?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think that one was very I, good. I, I, didn't. I
0: watched it but I don't I don't remember that much about it.
1: And I agree with Age of Quarrel that the the Haunting of the Hill House was not that good. That was just not that great of a movie, The Haunting of the Hill House.
0: No, the Haunting of Hill House is is the the T V series.
1: No, and they have a movie about it
0: no you think are you thinking of the house on haunted hill
1: no no they, I they think
0: i think age of coral's talking about the tv show
1: no there well maybe um but there is a actual movie um that that is that and it's um uh, it's killing me to think um who's in it but it's uh it it
0: i'm i'm i'm, yeah. I'm trying to pull up a, like a site that kind of well will uh, kind of explain
1: all these. I'm, I'm trying to think of it right now. Because there's there's the one with Vincent Price, and I know that's the, the house on Haunted Hill.
0: That's the castle one.
1: Yes. That's, that's the one that used to be like an old insane asylum, and the doctors all got burned to death by the patients in there, and all the people he brings back are actual kids and, and nieces of the actual doctors that all died
0: right i think age of Quarrel is talking about the legend of hell house that's that's the matheson one um but there's also there was also a remake of that too i believe
1: Hmm. that i haven't seen that that i know i haven't seen interesting i don't know i'm gonna have to check some of these basically
0: basically if there's a if there's a haunted house movie i'm gonna watch it and sometimes I get caught watching a stinker, and and sometimes I watch something that's actually pretty good, you know. Uh, I mean, I think, think we
1: all got caught watching Paranormal Activity,
0: right? But we all kind of bought into the hype. It, yep. Uh, but when you look at, like, uh, so look at, uh, you know, look at the Amityville Horror. That's a haunted house movie. Yeah. Um, there's another haunted house movie that I think uh, is pretty, pretty much forgotten these days. But House, remember House with William Cat? That was. Uh, Sorry, man, I didn't hear your microphone. Oh, your yeah, microphone's way over there, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, House with William
4: Capps. Right. I'm a big William Cat fan, anyway. But right, I mean,
0: the, he was the greatest American hero.
4: He was, but uh, and George Went is in that movie. Yep. yep. You know, um, I always, I always forget if he if he's in the first one or the second one. Well, uh, George Went. Yeah,
0: I think he's in the first one. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen the second one.
4: I think there's a second one.
0: There is a second one, but I don't right. think I've ever seen it. Mm. Uh, do you remember the other William Cat movie?
4: Uh, Legend? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ba- uh, or, Baby. Wh- or White Ghost. Oh, Baby. Yeah. Baby. Yeah, Secret, Secret of the Lost Lost Legend. Secret of the Lost yeah. yeah. And what, what is it, White Ghost? The one where he's like a Vietnam guy? Oh, I don't know if I've seen Something that one. Like that. There's, there's, I'm not sure if the uh, I have the name of that one right, but... I mean, it's like where he's like a POW or something. There's a guy whose career got <laughs> he like he didn't, he he'll, didn't be, he'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> I'm holding the holding the, the channel for did him. Did you
0: get to meet him at Rhode Island Comic Con? No. Super nice guy. Yeah. Really nice guy. You know who I'm talking about, William Cat, the greatest American hero? No, I didn't get to meet him. But you know who I'm talking about. You've seen you oh, know, yeah. you've seen the show. Yes. White, it
4: was White Coast. Yes.
0: Oh, I've never <laughs> seen that one. But uh but House was a good haunted house movie. Um, and, you know, and I will watch any. They made movie. four. They made four house movies.
4: Last one was in nineteen ninety two.
0: So, all right, what they must all have like a house something after them.
4: Three point like, nine on IMDb.
0: So there was house. What was
4: the second one called? Uh, on. Like more house. Uh, I think it was a uh, house to electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Actually, I haven't seen House in so
0: long. I should rewatch it.
4: I, if, if you're talking about it. psychological thrillers. We're talking about, right. talking about House. Yeah.
0: What about uh, <laughs> what about the Burbs?
4: I like that one. That that's great That movie. didn't do uh, do very well, but no. But I would, House Two is uh, has a really lame uh, um, title. It's called the Second Story
0: yeah that is kind of yeah, cheesy yeah yeah but um if you if you look at some of the uh if you look at some of the like amityville movies you know they kind of got away from the the haunted house idea and they were like they started to become about like artifacts from the house were haunted um there was one where uh one of the amityville movies was called amityville something it's about time, and it was like a haunted clock from the Amityville house, like, some of that got a little bit, uh, a little bit weird. But, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's some that are, like, pretty good, classic movies that just, they don't have the same reputation as, you know, uh, The Exorcist, or The Omen, or movies like that, so they kind of fall by the wayside. Like, uh, Well, a
1: lot of those movies, though, The Exorcist, The Omen, or even, even we'll say um, Poltergeist, they all came at a certain point where they made just certain little changes to make that shock value even more.
0: Well, but, I, I mean, I will I will sit here and discuss, I will di- dissect and analyze Poltergeist uh, for an entire two hour <laughs> show because I just I love that movie and I think it's I think it's perfect. But um, you know, like for what, so one of the shows that on the Eli Roth thing, one of the one of the things that they called the haunted house movie was The Shining. And I don't know if I would call The Shining a haunted house movie.
1: No. no. Because,
0: you know, it's 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 like, it's like more yeah, about the, the, the hotel not. is haunted, but it's it's yeah, it's how much that vulnerable state that he's in yep. allows that to kind of seep in. I mean, I guess it's it's a haunted house to some degree, but um I also don't think The Shining is as good as the movies everybody makes it out to be. And I'm sure I'll get some comments in the chat room about that, but uh <laughs> Just not a not a big fan of The Shining. Like it's not terrible. I'll yeah. watch if it's on TV, but uh, you know I don't. I, I like the novel better.
1: I, I was just going to say I actually like the TV version better than the Jack. Nicholson the uh, movie.
0: was Steven Weber. Yes. Yeah, I like Steven Weber in just about anything. But um, but yeah, so like just going back to Poltergeist, like I think Poltergeist Two is a great movie. Mm. Poltergeist Three, not so much. Yeah. But Poltergeist Two. Like, I remember, so, when I was a kid, I saw the I saw the first Poltergeist movie. Uh, I want to say I was, I think I was in first grade. So, I was, like, probably seven years old, six, seven years old, however old you are in first grade. And I believe I saw the ABC, you know, movie of the week version. So, let's just say, well, let me think. Yeah, so I was in first grade. So th- that would have been how old? How old are you in first grade? Six. Yeah, so six. I'd say,
1: I would say six.
0: So we're looking at so seventy-eight, and so we're looking at like nineteen eighty-four. Okay. So I'm I'm watching the the TV ABC movie of the week version of it. I remember because I remember uh, Ernie, what's his name, he used to be the voiceover guy. Ernie Hudson. No, Ernie, I can't remember his last name, but the voiceover guy that used to do all the ABC movie of the week. Tonight it's Poltergeist. Like I can just remember hearing his his voice talking about it. So um like it creeped me out, but it was also the edited for television version. And then I got to see on HBO the real version. Like the unedited mm-hmm. version. Like they they cut out a lot of the stuff that would be way too creepy for TV. Uh, I believe, you know, my, and my parents would never let me watch, like, the maggot scene or the guy pulling his face yep. off. You know, they wouldn't let me watch those parts. But then I finally got to see that part. And, uh, and so it just, I, I loved it. And I would watch the movie anytime it came on. And then when Poltergeist 2 came out, I wanted to go to the theater so bad to see it. But, my, you know, my parents aren't going to take me in to see an R-rated horror movie or, I think yeah. it was only PG-13, but still, they're not taking me in as a, as an eight, nine, 10 year old kid to go see this movie. So we had to wait till it till it came out on video, and back in those days, and I think I've talked about this before on the show. Back in those days, we didn't have a VCR. My dad used to go and rent a VCR from the supermarket. Yes,
1: yes. I, I do remember those days. And you
0: would get the movie from the supermarket. Yep. Um, well, so originally we used to go to a place called uh, Curtis Mathis. And that's where we would, I don't know if you, we if there was any Curtis Mathis's around here, but we had one in Plymouth. And, uh, the, or was it Video Paradise that was in Plymouth? But we used to go to either Curtis Mathis or Video Paradise and we'd rent movies there. Uh, or we'd go to the supermarket when the supermarket had it. So I remember being in the supermarket, it was probably, I don't know what time of year it was, but it was, you know, it got dark early. And, Seeing Poltergeist 2 on the shelf in the supermarket, like, we gotta get this. So you have to rent the VCR, you have to rent the tape, you go home. It was, it was an afternoon, late afternoon, but it was already dark. And we all gathered, the whole family, all five kids and my parents, and all sat and watched Poltergeist 2. And at the end of it, I was like, that might be better than the first movie. And everybody kind of looked at me like, what are you talking about? Like, it's nowhere near as good. But I've always loved it. Like ever since then, I think that um, I think that it was uh, you know just bringing in the the backstory, bringing in Reverend Kane, bringing in more of the connection of the family having this this ability. You know, mm-hmm. the grandmother and, and the mother and Carol Ann having this ability and uh, and just having like a, a deeper depth to the story instead of it just being like this this beast that was trying to capture like now there's like a real backstory to it i thought it just made it stand out even more but that's probably the reason why people didn't like it either it, it's it's killing me i'm sitting here and i've been trying to google it and figure
1: out what that movie is called because it's got something to do with hill house they always say it in in the movie and it's got oh this Big big mansion that's got cherubs all over the wall, and the cherubs will start to move a little bit. Was it an and,
0: older movie or a newer movie? I want to say in the nineties. So, it might, is it, it's probably the Liam Neeson version of the Haunting? Maybe it was. Yeah, that's that was not such a good movie.
1: No, well, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was, you know. But I was trying to think of it, so it is the Haunting of the Hill House. Well,
0: it's just it's just I think it's just called the Haunting. I think they I think the renate the remake has the same name as the 1963 movie but it's still that same story. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're all based on the Shirley Jackson book. Okay. Which came out in I think 1959.
1: Yeah, Ross is saying it's The Haunted with Liam Nielsen.
0: Okay. Yep. Um yeah. But uh I will say this Poltergeist 3 not so not so good.
1: Yeah, I I didn't like that one too much.
0: I actually did not like the uh I did not like the remake of Poltergeist. No. I'm not I, I'm using that term loosely because I'm not sure if it was a remake or not. I'm not sure if it was a sequel or if it was a remake. I think it was supposed to be a remake,
1: but it just it it didn't do it justice. And and I'm actually it, worried about that about Pet Cemetery. It
0: wasn't a bad movie, but it was not a Poltergeist movie. Yeah, this not. is kind of the way that I felt about nope. it. Um but
1: the Pet Cemetery one that's coming out, it, I I love that movie, and I'm worried about how it's going to be redone if they're going to ruin it.
0: It looks, it looks like it's not going to be terrible, but I don't know how I feel about John Lithgow. Mm. That's that's where I have my reservations because Fred Fred Gwynn was so perfect in the first one.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: That uh, I don't know. And if
1: he's, he's he's not around any longer, right? No, he
0: he died years ago. Yeah. But um, he was so perfect in that first one that I, like, when I'm reading the original book and I'm reading, you know, the Judd Crandall character, like, I can't picture anybody else. It, I, no, I when, agree,
1: because that's one one of his books that I've read multiple times. I love that book. It
0: and is, I always tell people, like, if they're just trying to, if they're like, hey, I've never read a Stephen King book, like, that's the one that you start with. Yes.
1: No, I agree 100%. You,
0: like, that... You, there are other ones that you could start with, but it, it kind of has to be that one because it's a it's a shorter book, mm-hmm. and it it kind of brings together everything that he's about without getting too deep into some of the other you know yeah. side ventures that he does. I, I suppose like Dead Zone could be another one that could be a good first book. You uh, definitely
1: don't want to start with the Towers.
0: <laughs> no, no, you can't. You can't start with the Dark Tower no. series at all or any of his fantasy stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, like I would say, like you can't start with Cujo, mm, no. because Cujo, I don't know, I just, I, I didn't love it as a book. Really? No, I didn't, and I don't really like it as a movie either. It's I was just going to
1: ask if you thought the movie was better.
0: No, it just doesn't. I think the movie's better than the book in terms really? because you can actually visualize it better. But um, it's just, it's, it's hard, you know, a dog that's possessed by the spirit of a serial killer. Like it's, mm. it's, it's hard to kind of. Get behind
1: at, le- at least. With the movie, it's because of the rabies being bit,
0: right? You know? Well, I mean, they they, they kind of allude yeah. allude to it a little bit, but um, in in another one that you really can't give people the start, like maybe maybe this could be a good starting book too, is Christine, yeah, which I think is very underappreciated in terms of the the books. Uh, it's it's not a bad movie either, but in terms of the books, like it's it's a pretty. It's a pretty decent. A book.
1: A bunch of people are saying the Silver Bullet, and that was a good book.
0: Well, but that's also like a very short. That's yes. that's. Uh, it's more
1: of a short story than it's. It's uh, one of his. Novels. What was
0: it? it? was like a trade book where you had like illustrations in it and yeah. stuff. Um, but some, you know, some of the and the short story stuff is probably pretty good. Uh, I think that. Uh,
1: I still don't think to this day that I've finished the Doc Towers.
0: I did. It's well worth reading and, and finishing, but it's a lot. Oh my god. It's, and it's so big. It doesn't work if you haven't read everything else.
1: And see that's the thing. I I haven't read everything of his. So no,
0: you you have to read everything else. You have to read um you have to read Salem's Lot. You have to read It. You have to read The Stand. Like everything kind of all ties together. And I'm not really ruining it and giving it away no but like so you know the the there's like if you've never read hearts and atlantis nope. like hearts and atlantis you have to read that because that's part of the dark tower
1: and that's probably why i you know lost my attention span with that book what the, With that series
0: in the end pretty much everything that stephen king has written all ties into the dark tower hmm. it's all connected uh, some of the stuff is a little bit of an outlier, like you, you know, Christine, Pet Cemetery, things like that can kind of not be interwoven into it. But a lot of it is interwoven into it, and it's 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 not easy. That's why they've had so much trouble, like making a movie out of it. Like the movie that came out was bad.
1: Uh, the Dark Tower. Da- yes. Oh, was, yes. No, like, that was horrible. Like, that like
0: was looking horrible. looking back on it now, I can I can honestly say. Like I was trying to be positive about it when it came out, but looking back <laughs> on it now, it was terrible. Yeah. And you know how awesome. I know that it was terrible? It's been how long now since it came out and they haven't put it on cable?
1: Oh jeez. It's like, been out for a long time, and I haven't seen it in on T V and probably like They
0: totally buried it.
1: Uh, have you seen his new one that just came out on what was it, Hulu?
0: Yeah, it was it was alright. It wasn't great. It's, it's not like, Stephen King. It's Based on Stephen yeah, King. Yeah,
1: it's based on his book. It's but J.J. J. J. Abrams. I like the the way they threw the little parts of all his movies into it.
0: But there wasn't enough of that? Well for no, me.
1: no, no, no. I'm saying the 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 sights, like, you know, when the when the new Wardens coming in there explaining about the previous Wardens and one was from Shawshank and they show the little bullet hole. Right. And, you well, know, yeah. Little little things like that. You see the ice cream store and it's got the name of one of his I forgot what it is now, uh, but,
0: yeah, but they have, like, Nan's Nan's Luncheonette. Yes. And, yeah. but, yes, but and all that. But what bothered me about it is, like, it was... All those things were, like, too cutesy. Like, it wasn't enough of an interwoven. It was like, we're going to pay homage, but we're not going to actually set it in mm. that world. And that's where it kind of lost me a little bit. Uh, they have said that it's going to be, like, an anthology series, though. So when they come out with another season, it's going to be totally different. Really? And so they can kind of revisit some of that stuff. <clears throat> but... I would much rather, like, I thought we were going to see the Castle Rock of, you know, needful things, where it's going to be all of those people, that been. like, still living in that town, and, like, having all of this stuff go on, you know, have the dark half happening at the same time, all this stuff kind of going on in that window of what went on during that time, but it was, uh yeah, it was just kind of hard, and then there's... If you are going to introduce people to Stephen King, the other part of it that you need to explain to people almost from the beginning is it's it's deeper than what it seems to be on the surface. And I think that's where he loses a lot of people because mm-hmm. people just want to read like a scary story. They want to read and they want every book to be like Pet Cemetery. And not every book is is Dude, that way. No, no, no. You know, like a lot of it is. You have to understand the deeper meanings behind it, especially like The Stand or mm-hmm. It. Um,
1: that's and that's another movie. I was surprised. You know, remake seeing it being remade. I was a little concerned, and when I saw it, I was pleasantly surprised that it was as good as I. It the, did the come
0: up. Movie? Yeah. Yes. I uh, no. I thought I thought so too. I mean, it wasn't perfect. No. And it certainly was not; um, it wasn't a hundred percent loyal uh, to the book, but it it definitely was a it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. And that, like first and foremost, it was a good movie, and it definitely set up the second one to be an even better movie. Yes, which I'm hoping hoping that's the case. And I've seen some of the casting for the new movie, and I'm like, okay, I like this. Yep. And so uh, I have some good. I think it comes out this. You know, fall this, of 2019.
1: Yeah, I think it's like September or something they were saying.
0: So, uh, it seems like there's, you know, a, a lot of good places that they can go with it. Then hmm. the question becomes, do they do the same thing with the stand? Because that was the other project they were talking Actually, it was Ben Affleck that's been talking about really? directing the stand. And, um, I, I think he could probably do a pretty good job with it, but it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to, even in two movies, to take The Stand and turn it into... Like, The Stand would be a great Netflix series, Mm -hmm. or Hulu series. Yes. Where you could have, like, ten episodes. To explain a lot
1: more, because there is a lot in that book that goes on.
0: And to really, like, get all of the scenes into it. Like, the the TV movie that came out for The Stand, I actually didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. But when I read that book, and I read that book you know, three, four years before the the, the, the uh, miniseries came out. Mm-hmm. When I read that book, Bill Fogerback, whatever his name is, that that was who I pictured as Tom Cullen. Oh, really? Like, as I'm reading the book, like, that's who's in my head is Tom Cullen. And so I was, like, so glad when they cast him. Uh, but I never would have thought of the guy that played Randall Flagg, you know. I, I just wouldn't have pictured him being like that. But it, it worked. Uh, what was his name? Jamie Sheridan.
1: Yes, Jamie.
0: But... Uh, so they're talking about redoing that, and I think they could do a pretty good version of that. I actually would insist that if they did that. See, the one thing that I liked about the Dark Tower movie is I, I, I liked, I wasn't on board with Idris Elba as Roland to begin with. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I didn't, it wasn't like a black-white thing. I just didn't think of him as being the, uh, you know, when I look at Idris Elba, I, I I like him automatically when I look at him, and like Roland is kind of a bastard, mm-hmm. you know. So it's I couldn't really picture him as being like that that partially bad guy that Roland was. So it didn't I liked him in the movie, but I it, it, it didn't really work for, for me as him being Roland. But Matthew McConaughey that as was, Walter was great. Yes, yeah, and he, he should just be the Man in Black and everything.
1: He. I've you know him in so many different roles that he's played. He's just amazing at it. You know he can go from being that crazy psycho to being that fun-loving neighbor on his roles. Um, One of the first movies I ever saw him in was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. and he fought to not get that movie released. And same thing with Renee Zellweger; they both yeah, fought to yeah. try and stop it and they couldn't obviously it but it came
0: out later like taking advantage of their of their celebrity.
1: Yeah, it it was filmed before I forgot what more. It was filmed before three of their big movies had just come out and they didn't want it released, but he played a great role in that.
0: I I mean I'd like to see him play because there's all these different characters in the Stephen King universe, that are all basically the same character. So, you know, Walter and Randall Flag, and uh, I think his name is also Flag in Eyes of the Dragon, and uh, uh you know, being Flag in the Stand, like all these different iterations of of the same guy, the walking dude, the same guy all the way around. Like McConaughey could play him in every single one of those mm-hmm. adaptations, and like that should be the. That should just be like the one continuity thing between them all. <laughs> Cause, uh, there, there was, I mean, I know people said that he was kind of chewing the scenery a little bit in the Dark Tower movie, but what else could you do in that movie? Yeah. Um, but I would like to see, you know, a, a full out adaptation of the stand. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that they're still going to go forward with the Dark Tower TV series because that would make all the difference in the world. Especially where they could kind of tell the story. The same way that the books were laid out, Mm -hmm. where, you know, you, you come into it right at the beginning, uh, with the gunslinger, and then, you know, in the middle of it, you take a season where it's just going back to Roland's youth, which is what the, the original plan was, was it was to make the movies. It was supposed to be a trilogy of movies, I think, with the TV series in between the movies, with like a new season of TV in between the movies, with a TV series was supposed to be like Roland's youth. Oh okay, but then you know the, the, you know they're saying like the whole thing kind of has to be reimagined because the movie just did so poorly, and then I don't know I don't know if like I'm giving stuff away by saying this, but you saw the Dark Tower movie mm-hmm it was not an adaptation of the Dark Tower really it was a sequel really if you had completed the Dark Tower series, yeah, which and I, I did, I, I don't want to ruin it for yeah. anybody, but um, it makes sense. Okay. I, I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, fair enough. I guess it, it's it's hard to say. Spoiler alert for something that's been you know written <laughs> for, for eight, eight years now yeah. or whatever, but but it is such a monumental thing to go through this the series and uh, and and go through it all as it happens, but the the last book of the dark tower series ends with the beginning of the dark tower series okay everything starts all over again oh, Jesus. Huh. so that's what the movie was it was that's why it wasn't so loyal to the book it was everything starting over again yep and it was kind of a bold choice but it also didn't work so but don't let that ruin it if you haven't read the dark tower series you totally should still go back and read it because you're going to see stuff that, I mean, you're going to read stuff that is just some of the greatest stuff ever written. Uh, Not only of our time, but pretty much of any time. So uh, if anybody wants to call in, 508-996-0500 877-996-1420 The lines are open for anybody that does want to call in. Uh, It is open lines. Talk about whatever you want, but you know, we just we don't get a chance. We talk about paranormal stuff all the time. We don't really get a chance to talk about horror.
1: No, we and, don't.
0: And John's very much into the horror world. He works with a lot of horror uh, actors and and people who are involved in those films, uh, representing them for different shows and events.
1: It, so you saw Eli Ross' show this past week. I, I've, I, I saw, saw talked, the
0: ghost one. I, I haven't and, seen and all the they, And they talked
1: about Paul, the guys. They talked about The Exorcist. And mm-hmm. Jordan Ladd was on it. Right. Yep what what comes on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day? A Hallmark with Jordan and her mother in it. <laughs> I just found it funny. The same week, she's talking horror, then she's doing Hallmark.
0: Which, uh what was the horror movie that she was in? It was the... the oh, cabin, she was in Cabin, cabin Fever. In the, cabin Fever, okay. Cabin Fever, yeah. So
1: I don't know if well, I've seen... Oh, she was also in Hostel.
0: I don't know if I've seen... I don't think I've seen either one of those. Uh But I did see Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. and that movie was kind of crap,
1: I thought. Well, the original or the remake?
0: I don't know. The one where, like... The one where like it's all like an experiment.
4: Cabin in the woods. Is
0: that that's the one I'm thinking of, right, Matt? It's got like uh yeah,
4: Thor's th- in it. Yeah. Um. Am I getting confused? Sigourney Weaver's in it at the end?
0: Yeah, yeah. She's like the one yeah, running the experiment. I thought, her, I
4: thought that was crapola too. I was really, yeah. di- I was really disappointed.
0: So that's the one where, like, these, these, these young people are all going to this cabin in the woods, yep. and uh, and they start getting chased by somebody or something or other. But it turns out it's, like, all, like, some experiment that they're doing. Is that
4: the one with the... Well, where they, they all have, have the hoods on. They line? have to appease that god, and they have right. to sacrifice, oh, yeah, they have to sacrifice like, the nerd, the athlete, the... Oh, Jesus. Okay. Oh, already see, already I did. have I not seen this.
0: No, you just made me think about how even more terrible it was. Oh, uh, Yeah. Ugh, yeah, that was not good. I didn't like it. I'm sure there's some people that are going to be like, oh, so witty and different. But no, dumb, stupid, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> All, although uh, I will say like the, the best thing to happen to horror in recent years was definitely the, the Evil Dead TV series. Did you see that? No,
1: I have not watched that.
0: Oh, my God. That is so good. Really? Yeah, it's dumb. It's It's just it's. Dumb, cheesy fun, but that's what The Evil Dead is all about.
4: I mean... Well, I haven't seen all of it yet, but the second season kind of... It drags. It does, but I think that's when Sam Raimi kind of stopped directing it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Somebody Um, else took over.
0: But I think he came back for the third season, or at least he was more involved with it. Um, The third season got really weird. But it was... Uh, it's it's It was fun. I mean, I wasn't sorry that I was watching 24 minutes of it every week. Right. <laughs> just 24 minutes of Bruce Campbell is worth it. Especially as Ash. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely worth it. And I also... I got into this debate with somebody recently, too, about uh, Evil Dead versus Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's just the same movie. It's just the same movie. No, it's and it's like, it is, but it isn't.
1: Yeah, I don't think... Eh. It's yeah. the
0: same story... But it took it in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't have Army of Darkness, which is obviously the best movie of the series. Like you wouldn't have that if it wasn't for what Evil Dead Two did. So it kind of like it was kind of like a reboot as a sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, like to like wait a minute, we don't need to just make this a straight horror movie. Let's make it a, a campy horror comedy. So, my two cents worth on that. Yeah. It's, uh, Season 2 did get a little too know It was there was a lot of uh See
4: they're they're fighting with me about uh, cabin in the woods. See I I I didn't think cabin in the woods was that. Are, are you thinking of uh Cabin Fever?
1: No, that's that I know that one. That's the one that Jordan's in. Um Cabin in the Woods, I thought that was the one where uh the three you know, two guys and a girl kidnap this these two girls. And they end up. One of them's trying to swim to get away. She shoots her in the back, and she crawls to her home where the people have broken into. Oh, that's Last House on the Left. I bet. I, that, I think that's. What <laughs> I don't I'm think I've up. seen
0: that either. Um, but that's a remake too, isn't it?
1: Last House on the Left. Yes, it yeah. is.
0: So that's the thing about horror movies, man. Is yeah, like so of many. Coral of them,
1: just said, "Yeah, Last House on the Left."
0: So many of them are just kind of re remakes and reboots and. Yep. All that stuff. It is hard to to come up with original ideas. I've seen a few, though. Like, if you go through, like, Netflix or Hulu and you go through, like, some of the horror movies, um, you know, some of them aren't that great. But every once in a while, you'll find a gem. I'll tell
1: you, I I was – and I'm not just saying this because one of the people, somebody I work with that's my client – I'm a huge, like, Manson buff. Like, I, I like reading anything that I could about Charlie Manson, like learning the history, getting, I love behind the scenes stuff of him hanging out with the beach boys, getting to hear that stuff. And I've seen a bunch of the different movies out there and I wasn't impressed. And, uh, there's a movie that came out about four years ago. It's called The House of Manson. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. The guy that plays Charlie does an amazing role. They stick right to what the true story was. And they focused more on his life on the farm side of it, like at, at their little cult area, than they actually did of him doing his other stuff. So you got to actually see like what it was truly like living there. And it what a, it was a really good movie if you get a chance to check it out.
0: Well, I mean, at least that's a, that's a different take on it. Yes.
1: That's something
4: different than what you usually see. Yep. Is not there um a Tarantino, Charlie Manson movie coming
1: Yeah, uh, That's what I've heard, yes. That's what I've
4: heard. That's probably going to be nuts.
1: And I'm sure you've <laughs> both seen Aquarius
4: on, uh, on Showtime, the, right?
1: No. No. So that's a Charlie Manson movie starring David Duchovny. No, that was a TV, uh, TV series. TV series. Yeah, it,
0: was,
1: that was on, uh, oh, it was on NBC. Oh, yeah, it was on NBC. See, I saw it on Showtime. I
0: started watching it, and then I was like, eh, I think I got like halfway through the first, the first season. season, and I was like, yeah. I, don't, I didn't like the guy that played Manson very much.
1: Yeah, but it, it was it was actually pretty good.
0: But uh, well, you know, uh, like I was saying, like going through some of these like Netflix movies, like every once in a while we find one that was pretty good. I can't remember the name of it, but I found one um, one night just flipping through there looking for a good horror movie to watch where it was, I think it was the 1920s, and there was like an orphanage building or mm-hmm. something, and there was a woman who showed up who was kind of a paranormal investigator. And, uh, like, it was all about, like, the night she spent in the place. That was, that was a pretty good movie. Can't remember the name of it, but I like, like, the Victoria. You know, what do you think of Crimson Peak? Some people didn't like it. Some
4: people did. Crimson Peak. Is that, that, is that a fairly recent one?
0: Yeah. That was the one that, uh, it was, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Del Toro.
4: I don't I think I've don't seen know. that. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen it. It was pretty good. I yeah. liked it. Uh, I thought it was usually his movies are pretty good. Yeah, I regardless. thought it was
0: I thought it was good. Um the other movie like I liked the movie Mother nobody else did.
1: I did like that. I, I mean, did.
0: Especially like when you get into what it's really about. So, like, it it was
1: a good movie. You know, I mean it had good backstory for it. It it was weird as hell.
0: It, yeah, yeah. But, well, I
1: think that's what made it so good is because of how weird it was.
0: It wasn't until I realized, like, what the story was that they were trying to tell. And, and I don't know the Bible, so I didn't know it that well, mm-hmm. but I had to, like, read about it online. But once I did, I was like, oh, well, then that's kind of interesting.
1: There's, um, a new paranormal movie that I just watched that came out. And, you know, when it, when these paranormal movies come out, I'm very skeptical of them to begin with. But I watched the trailer and I figured I'd give it a shot. But it's, uh, it's called The Dwelling. And it's about a couple that they they bought a house and they moved back on purpose. And she didn't tell the boyfriend that she grew up in the house and all this tragedy happened because the mother was supposedly dabbling into the paranormal. Um, she moves back there to try and find the spirit that caused all the problems, ends up finding that her mother made an actual psychomanthium chamber in the house. And she starts using it to try and bring the evil out so she can face the evil. And it's it's a pretty good psychological paranormal thriller.
0: I'm going to throw this one out there. And I don't know if you've seen it, John. I don't know if you've even heard of it. I don't know if anybody watching. By the way, Commander Sonicito in the chat room said uh, the movie I was referring to was The Awakening. So that's the movie that I was talking about with the uh, female paranormal investigator. But I'm going to throw this movie out there. Matt and I have talked about this before. We talked about going to see it, but we didn't. I don't know if you've even heard of it, John. Maybe somebody in the audience has, has seen it, but how about Mandy? No. Have you heard of Mandy? No. So apparently this movie is nuts. It's Nicolas Cage and, uh, he lives like out, you know, out in the woods with like his hippie wife and this guy shows up and, uh, and basically decides that he wants to take Nicolas Cage's wife. Like he's like this bad guy, like cult leader or something, I don't mm-hmm. know. And so the whole movie is like basically Nicolas Cage like going insane trying to get his wife back. And the visuals are supposed to be crazy and uh you know, you can get it it's one of those movies where it's available on demand even even while it's in the theater. But everybody says like you have to go see it on the big screen. Uh and I keep meaning to to just pay for it and watch it at home, but I ha- I haven't done it yet. Mainly because I'm cheap and I try to steal movies off the internet but you know it's I don't want to spend 8.99 for a movie at home yeah but uh supposedly they're saying that this is the the greatest performance of Nicolas Cage's career really in this movie so I don't know if anybody out there has seen it yet but uh yeah age of quarrel saw it liked it but didn't like how obvious it was trying to be a drug movie okay yeah I'm not really into the drug movies so I could uh, I could see where that would be an issue for me but uh yeah so there we go I'm gonna take that into account I'll I will not to, pay eight dollars to watch it I'll wait till it comes on Netflix or something
1: yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out though when it comes on Netflix it does sound interesting
0: I like Nicolas Cage I don't know why I people hate him a so much a lot of
1: people give him a lot of crap
0: I mean cause he basically plays the same character in
4: most of his movies right he's a little over the top he's mm-hmm. very
0: over the top yeah but, uh... One, one of mean, my favorite movies
1: with him was, uh... Believe it or not, was The Rock.
0: Oh, The Rock is a fantastic isn't movie. It?
1: The cast. Oh, the anybody
0: S- who doesn't like The Rock, I don't know what's wrong with them. Yep. You know? Like, it's just the the best movie to, like, just watch on a Saturday afternoon. I saw The Rock, like, five times in the theater. Really? Yeah, well, because... I told the story before, but my cousin and I used to go to the movies all the time mm-hmm. when, when we were in high school and, like, right out of high school because, um... Uh, you know, I would drive to his house in Halifax and when we would take it, he had like a 68 Barracuda. And so I'd drive my like crap box to his house and we'd get into a 68 Barracuda and go to the mall. And we'd go to the movies. And, um, for like an entire year, they had, uh, a fish tank in the front of the Kingston Mall movie theater. And, uh, it was raising money for the Jimmy Fund. And if you could drop a quarter into the shot glass, you got a free movie ticket. Mm hmm. And so my cousin figured out that if you dropped four quarters at the same time, they were, they were heavy enough that they would drop right into the shot glass inside the fish tank. So we were basically, we would go see a movie for a dollar. Oh. So we would just show up with like a roll of quarters and just fish. go over there and just drop, drop quarters and, until we got them in there and we'd get to go see a movie. And so we saw every movie that came out like multiple times. Like, do you remember that movie Fled? Who was in that the movie I Fled? I think so. it was, uh, uh, Cowboy Curtis, um,
4: Lawrence Fishburne.
0: Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne was in it, and uh, I forget who else. Uh, Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, that's totally up off the top of my head. And Will Patton. <laughs> yeah, Will, Will Patton. Will Patton was fantastic in that movie. I
1: don't um, think I've seen. Will yep. Patton's a
0: very underrated yep, actor. Yeah,
1: and really. Ro- Ross is in the in the. In the chat, going Lawrence Fishburne now Baldwin.
0: I saw that movie like four times in the theater because we were seeing it for a dollar. I saw uh, uh, nothing to lose
4: with Tim Robbins and, and oh Martin Lawrence God. multiple times. Mm-hmm. So it's a good movie.
1: Yes, no, it is.
0: But
4: uh, ha- at first, I thought you said you were going to say nothing but trouble.
0: <laughs> no, huh? this was this was well after nothing but trouble. But uh, I think you and I, you and I, you and I, the only people that yep. appreciate that
4: movie. Yep. i seen- lent that to somebody. I don't know who has it.
0: You ever seen nothing but trouble? No. So that's. <laughs> You've probably seen it, but don't remember it. Maybe so. It's 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 uh it's Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, and Taylor Negron. The three of them are driving through. What are they? They're coming from like New York City yeah, to yeah. go to Atlantic City or something. They're driving through like the the backwoods of New Jersey. And uh, what happens? They get pulled over for speeding or something.
4: Uh, he he does a uh, a California rolling stop through a, a uh, <laughs> right. through a stop sign, and they pull him over.
0: And was it uh, was it John Candy that was the the cop?
4: Yep, yep. And yeah, was, he played uh, a few characters. Yeah, he was a female in the movie. He played yep. a woman in the movie too. It was like his the cop sister or something. Yeah, well they were. Then, I don't want to spoil it. I think I'm pretty sure they were all related. I think that was yeah was.
0: And then uh, Dan Aykroyd plays this like ridiculous judge, who like runs the whole county.
4: That's somebody and, just said that
1: right now. And,
0: and for some reason, like mysteriously out of nowhere, the digital underground shows up. Yep.
4: Yep. And there's a musical the band? number.
0: The Band. Yeah. With Tupac. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and they do uh they do uh All Around the World, same song.
4: Yep. <laughs> and then they get thrown in the bone crusher. Yes. <laughs> That's funny.
0: It's such a ridiculous
1: movie. I'm, if, I'm gonna have to go and see. If you if had I've, I've
0: HBO in the
4: it. early nineties, you saw that movie a hundred times. I probably I've, did and just don't remember. Just for the uh people on YouTube, I'm gonna find the uh how do you like your dog? <laughs>
1: <laughs> How do you like your dog?
0: Yeah, it's a classic slide for that movie. It's a every time we would have hot dogs, like if we were cooking hot dogs, the, one of us would always say, "How
1: do you like your dog?"
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a weird, weird movie, but it's a it's a classic. And yeah, you get the digital underground in the movie. That's funny. Tupac's first movie role. All around the world, same song. But, uh, yeah, so I forget what I was talking about before we mentioned Nothing But Trouble. Oh, Nothing To Lose. Yeah, so yes. we used to go see all those movies uh, for a dollar. So I saw a whole bunch of movies multiple times, including movies that were just not that good. But back in those days, I'd go see anything in the theater.
1: Well, yeah, why not? It's not like today I where s- you pay 20 bucks to I go see to a movie. I love
0: going to the movies. Like, I, and I would never admit when a movie was bad, if I saw it in the theater, I'd be like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like, I can never walk, walk out of a movie and be like, that sucked. Yeah. The one movie, so when my wife and I were dating, we went to go see Cell, mm-hmm. The Cell, and she would not stay in the movie theater for that movie. Really? She left the theater. She couldn't stay in the theater. She had to go sit out in the car. And I was like, I'll leave too. And she's like, no, no, stay and watch the movie, but I'm not going to watch the movie. And she went out in the car and just sat out there for two hours till I was done watching the movie. You saw that movie? Oh, I yes, assume, I've or? seen it. It's just so, a yeah. weird, weird movie. It, it is. It is. But she couldn't she couldn't deal with it, so she left the theater.
1: There's there's another one that's very weird like that. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to, I have all three of them at home, and I can't think of it, but it's all about blocks. You get put into this room, and these blocks stop moving, and you've got to crawl through before the room has something happen to it. And if it doesn't, you die. But then, if you get into another part, the whole room changes, and you could end up upside down. It's it's really a crazy like thrower like that. Like, yeah, I don't know psycho. what it is. I I'm, I'll have to send it to you. I They're saying
0: cube in the chat. Yes, ones. it is.
1: It's the cube. Yep. It's I I love it. I have all three of them.
0: Everybody's saying that uh, nothing but trouble was Chevy Chase's last good
4: funny movie.
0: I would argue that Vegas Vacation was funny.
4: Yeah, I like it.
0: I, I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, that was around the same time that he made Memoirs of an Invisible Man.
4: I don't know if I saw that. Yeah, I don't think uh, I've you, seen
0: that. I think you have.
4: You think so? If, was it on Just, Channel 56?
0: It probably was. Yeah, I probably saw it. Uh, so it was... Um, he somehow ends up like getting turned invisible and... Daryl Hannah is, like, his love interest, which was weird because he looked, like, 30 years older than her, but, uh, like, he's he's turning invisible, and he's, like, trying, I think Sam Neill's chasing him down. It was, uh, it was not good, but, like, it was still one of those movies that you just watched it when it came on. You know, like, Man of the House? Uh, was that the one with, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. JTT? I, uh, no, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Uh, what was the other one that he had at that time? Cops and Robbersons? <laughs> yes. With Jack Palance? Yeah, those were not good, Chevy Chase. Actually, Chevy Chase, like, from from everything that I've heard, is just an asshole.
4: Yeah. Yep.
0: Now, see, I've heard actually uh-huh. the opposite. No, I've heard bad, bad things. Um, that's why well,
4: he's not on, uh, community anymore.
0: Well, well, nobody's on community anymore.
4: Well, but, uh, that's why they kicked him off. Well, <laughs> Jay- but, Jason Lively,
1: who played Rusty. In National Lampoon's European Vacation is one of my clients. And he says he was one of well, the funnest guys to work with. But
0: that's that's old Chevy Chase, like earlier Chevy Chase. Yes. People liked earlier Chevy Chase. Now yeah. he's just an asshole.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, he was talking about when he worked with him, you yeah. know, and Jason was probably like 15 or 16 at the time. So Chevy was probably in his 30s. That's,
0: you know? uh, <laughs> you're, uh, for my money though, like everybody loves Christmas vacation. Uh, I love the oh, first. I love, I love the first one the best. Uh, the first movie to me is is the best of all the vacation movies. Where they movies. go to Wally World. Yeah, but European vacation is vastly underrated. Oh, There's absolutely. a lot of funny parts of that movie. Absolutely. Like my family and I are looking for sex. Like just <laughs> like lines like that are just it, when you, when you think of
1: National Lampoon's Vacation, everybody's first thought is Christmas, right? You know, that's their first thought. Then they go to the, or the Wally World. It could be a toss-up between Christmas and Wally World. But the other ones they do forget about.
0: There's uh, a mention here uh, from Ross, not to forget Dirty Work. Uh, Chevy Chase was terrible in Dirty Work. Like, Chevy Chase was the only part of that movie that was not good. What
4: was he in uh, Dirty Work?
0: He was the doctor that was going to perform the heart surgery. Oh,
4: right, okay. But he
0: owed money to to the mob. Yep. Like, he was the only part of that movie that wasn't good. Although, I haven't watched it yet, but on uh, Norm MacDonald has a has a show, mm-hmm. there's an episode where he interviews Jerry Chase.
4: Oh, really? So, and I know that, the show... Is that his, that's his uh, talk show?
0: Yes, Norm MacDonald has
4: a show. It's very good. Yep. I, I think I saw a clip with him uh, interviewing uh, Mike Tyson. It was pretty funny.
0: Oh, I didn't see that one yet. I saw David Spade. Mm-hmm. I saw Judge Judy. I saw Michael Keaton. I saw Drew Barrymore. I've just been flipping through them. I've been watching them, like, in order. Um... Norm Macdonald is one of the funniest human beings
4: on on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. Or so the Germans would have us believe.
0: My dad and I were fighting about that on Thanksgiving (laughs) because my dad just doesn't get it. Yeah. But I I just love I love when he just, like, repeats something. (laughs) Like, he has this talk show, and he has a co-host on the talk show, and the guest will say something, and he'll just turn to the co-host and just repeat what the guest just said. Like, it slays me every time. All right, let's take this call, then we'll get out of here. Uh, good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. Hello? You're on the radio. Really?
1: Maybe they didn't want to talk to us. You
0: don't say. Well, that's fantastic. I'm just doing this now so that people are like, I don't think they have the phone turned on. <laughs> There's nobody there. Frank, Hold Frank, on, here we go again.
4: It's Frank Stallone.
0: Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Yes, good, thank you. Hello, did something on your mind?
3: Yeah, I I was calling in. We're listening to your station, to the program, and I was going to ask her a question.
0: Okay. Go right ahead. You're on the air.
3: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: No, that's okay. What's your question?
3: Okay, my question is, um, will our granddaughter eventually be in charge of her life?
0: Will your granddaughter be in charge of her life?
3: Eventually. She's, she's 19. She's had a lot of issues. You know, she's trying to grow up. So we're helping her a lot. And we're grandparents, and that makes us very nervous.
0: Uh, no, I can understand that completely. Uh, what What program are you listening to on the radio?
3: Well, I can't hear myself on the radio, but, you know, they gave the number 508-996-0500. It's on um, dark matter. It's the dark matter network.
0: Oh, okay. So, are you are you looking for Lynn Marie, who is doing the tarot readings? Yes. Oh, okay. I think they're rerunning our last week's episode. Oh, yeah. Well, you, don't I didn't realize to, you, that. you don't want us. You want us to try to. <laughs> yeah, You, you don't, don't want <laughs> us to try to give you those answers, not without her here. All right. We can uh, barely we can barely take care of our own lives, let alone uh, let you know if <laughs> if somebody so, else is yeah, going to be okay. Listen, I'll tell you this: my gut feeling is that uh, you know if you're setting her up with a good base foundation, then she should be able to take care of herself just fine.
3: Well, her parents didn't, so that's why the grandparents have to.
0: Well, I think you're setting the example that will uh, that will lead to great success for her. I hope so.
3: All right. I Thank hope you so very too. much. Thank you so much for have okay. a great night. Uh huh. Bye. That
0: is uh, that is definitely our sign that we should get off the air before people start calling in for tarot readings. Until
2: next time, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for John, I'm Tim, we want you all to stay spooktacular.